The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is January 30th, 2022, and here are the topics that we will discuss this morning right here on the serious side of the Jay and and the fact that he wants the next justice to be a black woman is already causing uh, the usual responses from the usual suspects. Take a listen. Wondering the kind of justice that he would nominate. Now, again, I'm sure it will be, as Guy said, a black woman. You know, he's got a dedication to that. We saw how well that worked out with Kamala Harris. But here's to hoping that he has a better choice in mind for this position. Do the vaccines work against preventing COVID-19? Yes or no? Yes or no questions are, are not that, uh, that easy to find in science. Longtime Democratic strategist James Carville wants his party to rethink how it organizes and spends money. In an interview with Vox, Carville said this, quote, Jamie Harrison raised over $100 million only to lose his Senate race to Lindsey Graham by 10 points. Amy McGrath runs for Senate in Kentucky, raises over $90 million only to get crushed by Mitch McConnell. They were always going to lose those races, but Democrats keep doing this stupid stuff. The jury heard another day of testimony in the federal trial for three former Minneapolis police officers accused of violating George Floyd's civil rights. The commander of training took the stand and testified that officers have a duty to intervene if a fellow officer is using unreasonable force. Online radio at its best. Dear Lord, I do not know who or what will cross my path on this day, but I know that you are my rock and my fortress. As always, You are my shield and my strong tower. Please help me to attach myself to you today. Also, teach me how to stand strong in you, and choose only your way on this day. Help me walk in your truth, and not my feelings. Lord help me embrace anything that comes my way as a chance to see you at work, and as an opportunity to point others your way. Father, thank you for loving me, and nothing can ever take that away from me. Even if I fail on this day, and fall short, you whisper your unconditional love deep into my soul, and remind me that your mercies are new every morning. That truly amazes me, Lord. Thank you for meeting with me today. Would you wake me again tomorrow with the same sweet whisper of your love? I can't wait to meet with you again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good 
Good morning and welcome into the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. I'm your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this beautiful but last Sunday of the year 2022, January, the month and the year, I should say. And of course, I never share this stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. You know, Jackie's in the house, Vanessa Maybelli from the Mac and Nelly's in the house, and of course, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Good morning. One good morning, all. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you on this beautiful Sunday? Good morning, everybody. It is beautiful, Jay. It is, but I do hope that the other parts of the country that have the is stay warm, stay warm, stay safe. Safe and warm. Boy, I tell you, Mr. Elias, I think uh-huh. that's right. Uh, safe and warm. Uh, I tell you what, uh, thirty. I think it was 39 degrees this morning when we woke up, Vanessa. I hope it warms up a little bit. It's supposed to get to, what, 62 today? Mm-hmm. So hopefully... Uh, you guys are enjoying you know, the weather, yeah. like Vanessa said. Yes. What you say, Vanessa? Uh-uh, that's less mumbling. What you say, less? Well, you know. Well, they, that's yeah. a damn heat wave. Oh, wow. You know what? The no hitter's gone. Thank you, too, for that. Thank you very much. Good morning, Jackie. How are you doing? Good God. Jesus. Good morning, Jackie. I am doing uh, How is everyone else doing on this wonderful Sunday? Everyone's doing well. Everyone's doing well. You know, picking up some static from somewhere. Hopefully we can get that fixed. And the man who just bombarded his way into the show without uh, waiting for his proper introduction, let's bring him in now. Well, he's already here. Let's just say hi. Good morning, Miss Elias. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. Good morning, crybaby. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, little sister. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Marianne Music. Well, good morning, Momo B, and good morning, my brother Hoff, and good morning, my brother Jerome. The call in number is 347 and as always, we take a few minutes to kind of rap and clap about things that we are not going to cover during the course of the show. And I wanted to, uh, you know, start this session off by, uh, by saying that, uh, you know, you have to take this coronavirus thing serious, and... Uh, you know, and unfortunately for me and my mother, we both contracted COVID-19. Now, we're doing well, uh, not exhibiting any of the symptoms, at least I am not, that's associated with it. So, uh, but just be serious and, and, and try to do the right thing. If you continue to listen to the show, you know me. I'm trying to always make sure I'm doing the right thing. Uh, but unfortunately, COVID has found its way here. So I just wanted to make that announcement to everyone. We're doing well. Thank you for all the well wishes and everyone who has reached out to the both of us uh, to, you know, check on us and make sure we're doing fine. Obviously concerned because my mother is elderly, uh, but she's a trooper. And so uh, we're doing well. Um, and I'm just thankful for God that we have uh, been vaccinated. And, you know, and I really, truly believe that without the vaccinations, who knows what would have happened. Uh, the one thing I will say is because of the vaccination and the boosters, I might add, I, you know, I, I never felt, I was never in really any pain or anything. I had a slight cough. Uh, my temperature never uh, got high. I never lost my sense of smell or taste. My mother was exhibit, exhibiting uh, flu-like symptoms, and that's the reason why I decided to, to test. And when she came back positive, I said, let me go ahead and take the test, and I came back positive as well. But we're doing great, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's reached out to us, to me, on our uh, show Instagram page and other places where you guys can contact the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Didn't mean to take up so much time, but let's get into this thing. Um, Vanessa, how are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? What's happening in your life? 
Minnie Mouse, <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. You know. Should I continue? Mm-mm, I'm trying to chew some almonds. So I am trying to say this. <laughs> and let me apologize to the listeners. Because I am a female and I am a Christian. And sometimes this show gets me all wrapped up that some words yes. come out of my mouth. So I do not yes. want people to expect that a cuss word, stop Jay. I do not want people to expect that a cuss word is going to come out of my mouth. I do not cuss a whole lot when I'm not on the show. Mm. But you know what? Yes. I do not. I didn't say you. I'm okay. just saying yes. <laughs> but I am going to do better regardless if it's on the show or if I'm not on the show. So. All right. It's going to be time. What'd you say, Les? I wish I could say the same. I'm not. I'm going to speak my mind, and I'm going to keep speaking my mind. Okay, well, I'm going to be up in trouble because I'm not. Ching, ching. It's at 325. Thank you, Ms. Elias. Yeah. I'm blessed. Go ahead. Oh, y'all fighting. Okay, I was blessed last week, and so was Bobby, that uh, they gave airline employees a big discount on a cruise, like 65, 70% off on a Disney cruise. I would have never been able to justify paying that kind of money to go on a Disney cruise with no children. But let me say this to the audience. For those of you okay. that have children and you yes. want to go and see, you want to see the characters and such, when you go to Disney World, Disneyland, whatever, Florida, California, those characters are not walking around like they make that lie look like on TV. But on that cruise ship, while there is COVID and they're only having limited people on the ship, if you could just take a little of the, the income tax money, a little of your savings account, a little of wherever you can get it from, while the price of these cruises are this low, please take your child on a Disney cruise. So when your child turn around, Minnie Mouse is standing right behind the child. Donald Duck is standing there. I screamed. Bobby kept saying the whole time, there's the six-year-old. There's the six-year-old. That's what he kept saying about me to his oldest mm. daughter until he saw Thor. <laughs> until he saw Thor. <laughs> from the wow. Marvel comics. And then then he, he, lost... he was 10. Oh, okay, there then it he is. he was 10. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that is that it was yeah, okay. just shrimp and crab legs and Dungeness crabs and stuff everywhere on the cruise ship. She didn't pay for it. And I don't even eat Dungeness crabs, but I know people that do. And so when you say that your waiter standing right there, you don't pick up nothing, you don't lift nothing, you don't do nothing, nothing. Even your costumes to the shows, they leave them in your womb. The Bobby had on a pirate scarf on his head, his daughter and her oh, husband on. And they put Marty, they can leave it out of your womb put on for the shows. But each ship has different lead princesses, and our princess was the black princess, Tatia, Tatiania. Lord Jesus, I lost it with Bobby Vanessa. Turn around. When I saw that black princess standing behind me, I told that girl I didn't care if I didn't even see Nikki. I was so excited to see her. She is a beautiful black girl that they have dressed like the cartoon character. They couldn't have done a better job to find somebody that looked like that character. She is gorgeous. So that's all I have to say is is that I'm glad and blessed that I can the airline allows me these discounts to do these things. But I'm just telling people that while it's cheap, 
And, oh, oh, and you can't, don't that. worry about COVID. Don't worry about COVID on the ship. You know why? Because you're not getting on that ship until they stick that thing up in your nose before you step foot on that ship. They're not even letting you take the test. They're doing it before you step foot on the ship. And the crew has to take a COVID test every day. I feel so sorry for them. They have to take a test every day. And then they can't get off the ship because they don't want them to bring COVID back on. So, my Lord, now definitely it's just the best time to get on a Disney ship. It just is. But it ain't nothing to do at night. There's no casinos. And all people do at night is sit around and, and drink because, you know, it's a kid's ship. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Vanessa, for that <laughs> oh. breakdown. And that's, oh, sorry. Yes, more. Do you have more? Sure. Yes. No, I just wanted to say, and then after I went through all of that, Bobby and I broke our neck home, and we got up and we went to the church prayer breakfast uh, yesterday morning when I was talking to you. So, you know, you, you, you play hard, and then you give God his time, and that's what we do. So, anyway, y'all, I'm just, right. I just feel blessed this morning, and I'm just feeling blessed, so I'm sorry. Not a problem, Vanessa, and uh, that segment was brought to you by Walt Disney World. Try their new cruises that are coming out <laughs> next summer uh, right here as an official sponsor of Walt Disney World and Walt Disney Cruise. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for that information. And don't forget now to make sure you drink your milk and go to bed early tonight because you have a bus to catch you little naughty girl, you tomorrow morning to go to school because we just saw the six-year-old <laughs> Vanessa. All right, uh, we have a few more minutes left since Vanessa is used all the time talking about Walt Disney. Anyone else want to bring up anything before we uh, get to the news this morning? Anything exciting well, happening with you, Jackie? Well, I just want to say to you and your mom, blessings, continue blessings. May the Lord cover you in your healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mr. Elias, anything exciting happening in your life you'd like to share with uh, the audience? Man, I just, I just watched that Janet Jackson special last night, man, and that one, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. What that, that, that was something else to watch, man. Well, you know, Jermaine Dupree said, the, the, the bad thing about dating Janet Jackson is other women come after you. And I was like, okay, so. <laughs> when he said that, I kind of lost some respect for Jermaine Dupree, man. I did. But hey, it was it was a good special. It was definitely a good special. You know. And yeah. what channel was that on, Mr. Elias? That was on A&E. That was on A&E. I advise anybody to go watch that one. That was a good one. Okay, I want to see All what right. she said about not having a baby. That's been the rumor. She has the baby. Oh, oh, oh. No. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some divorce. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, go see that. Mm-hmm. Now, what channel was this on again, Mr. Elias? That was on A&E, Jay, A&E. Okay, all right. This, part, this portion of the show was sponsored by A&E. Uh, make sure you pick up a subscription with your local cable <laughs> provider. All right, 347 <laughs> Your sponsorship uh, from Disney Cruises and A&E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, there's no problem at all. Hey, listen, I just wish we get some of that sponsorship dollars that come along with all this advertising that they're getting. You know, I'll, I'll, the real quick story that I saw was that was refreshing for me. Um, a South Dakota cop. I guess a cop is in, in, in north of South Dakota, and I'll get the state here correct here in a minute. But basically, they they uh, pulled over a uh, one of those dash drivers. You know, when you order your food, they bring your food, 
You know, and so they pulled this driver over. This driver had some warrants. So they arrested the driver, but the cops took the food and delivered the food anyway. Um, and, uh, and and it was a, it was funny and exciting, and, and it was just, uh, you know, every now and then when police officers do things that, uh, that uh, I think that are newsworthy, we should bring them up. So kudos to the cop who finished the delivery, and uh, it looked like the person ordered Whataburger. So I thought that was interesting. Anyway, 347. 850-1272. We have an action-packed show for you. A lot to talk about. And if you have been under a rock, guess what? Come out, see the sunlight, and uh, I'll tell you what, we can't wait to get into it. All right, it's time for an NPR News update, and then we'll get into the heavy lifting portion of the show. You're listening to the serious side. 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. A nor'easter that buried much of the East Coast in snow is making its final rounds in Maine this morning before moving off into Canadian waters. NPR's Amy Held reports that storm is leaving behind a mess, including travel disruptions and power outages. A foot or more of snow fell across parts of Delaware, New Jersey, New York, and into New England, where Massachusetts really got buried. Outside Boston, the town of Sharon got 30 inches. And with cars keeping off roadways, some residents took their sleds down city streets. Whiteout conditions got tractor trailers banned across the region. And after thousands of flights got grounded, travel disruptions remain on Sunday. Massachusetts reported 100,000 power outages, so warming and emergency shelters were open to residents. The storm is being followed by an intense cold stretching down to Florida, where most of the state was under a hard freeze warning. Amy Held, NPR News. Heading overseas, North Korea has tests launched what appears to have been an intermediate-range ballistic missile. Today's launched the seventh missile test this month. And NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that this latest launch is believed to be the longest-range missile the North has tested since 2017. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff say the missile flew a distance of nearly 500 miles to the east, but reached an altitude of over 1,200 miles. That trajectory may have been intended to avoid hitting other countries, including Japan. The U.S. military's Indo-Pacific Command condemned the launch and called on Pyongyang to refrain from further destabilizing actions. South Korea's President Moon Jae-in said that the launch showed that Pyongyang has moved a step closer to scrapping a moratorium on testing nuclear weapons and long-range missiles in place since 2017. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has said his country is no longer bound by the moratorium and could resume testing. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. Israel's President Isaac Herzog has arrived in the United Arab Emirates. It's the first official visit by an Israeli head of state and the latest sign of deepening ties between the two nations. As he set off, Herzog said, it's not every day that one has the privilege of making history. I will be meeting the leadership of the United Arab Emirates at the invitation, personal invitation, of Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, the Crown Prince, and I am grateful for his courage and bold leadership, carving out a peace agreement with Israel and sending a message to the entire region that peace is the only alternative for the peoples in the region. The United Arab Emirates and Israel normalized relations in the fall of 2020. It was part of a series of U.S.-brokered diplomatic deals between Israel and Arab states that had long avoided formal relations with Israel over its decades-old conflict with the Palestinians. And you're listening to NPR News. 
online radio at its best. And, and the fact that he wants the next justice to be a black woman is already causing uh, the usual responses from the usual suspects. Take a listen. Wondering the kind of justice that he would nominate. Now, again, I'm sure it will be, as Guy said, a black woman. You know, he's got a dedication to that. We saw how well that worked out with Kamala Harris. But here's to hoping that he has a better choice in mind for this position. I mean, what kind of a qualification is that, being a black woman? I mean, is this our standards now in terms of the highest court in the land? I mean, it is 2022, and still we're hearing this kind of bill. Oh, boy, welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is 21 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. President Joe Biden committed to nominating the nation's first black female Supreme Court justice as he honored retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer at the White House on Thursday. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court, Biden said. It's long overdue in my view, and I made that commitment during the campaign for president, and I will keep that commitment. Let's start the conversation right there. Uh, as you heard, the, the Looney Tunes has already started. You know, obviously, uh, in this country where diversity is supposed to be our watchword, we still have people out there who are looking at this and saying, oh my God, you heard Maria, whatever her name is, Bottle Roma, whatever stupid ass name, uh, there it is, 375, stupid name is. The bottom line is, is that we have people in this country who are Think about this. This is 2022, and we're saying the first black this, the first black that, the first black vice president, the first black nominee, female nominee for the Supreme Court justice. This is just ridiculous. I mean, white people, uh, don't get me started. Mr. Elias, let's, let's, let's have a comment, start the conversation here. Now, this is, a, this is an opportunity for Joe Biden to get a win. Because a lot of African-Americans are feeling that Joe Biden really is not living up to the commitment that he made to African-Americans during his campaign, where a lot of African-American folks are saying, look, you wouldn't be in the White House without us. And so, you know, we wanted you to stand strong on voting rights. We feel that you really haven't gotten behind that the way you should. But now here is an easy victory for him as he contemplates who he's going to nominate to be the first African-American female. Well, I should just say the first African-American, because Clarence Thomas is not no damn African-American. That's 375. To the Supreme Court, Mr. Ellis, give me your thoughts on this. What about, what about Thurgood Marshall, man? Come on, stop it. Um, well, look. yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, you know what? I have to do some push-ups. You're right about that. What the hell was I thinking about? Good God. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. I'm falling the sword. You're right. That's the, that's the standard. But let me, let me rephrase that. Here recently, okay, here recently, because Clarence, oh, Clarence Thomas, that freaking... Cool. Go ahead, Mr. Elias. Cool. Well, you know, nobody had no problem when he nominated when Trump nominated a white woman. Did when he, when he they said did. I'm gonna nominate a woman, he, he said I'm gonna nominate a woman. He nominated a white woman, Amy Coney Barrett. They didn't say nothing about that. They didn't. They didn't cry. I didn't hear nobody trying to cry about that. You know, at, on, on their side, on, on the on the on the right side, I heard nobody say a word about that. And then when he when he nominated a uh, rape a, a, a rapist, a so-called rapist. And Brett Kavanaugh, I never heard. I never heard that the, the the right said he was a stand-up guy. He was a stand-up guy, and they wouldn't even let they wouldn't even let the invest the FBI investigate this guy. So you know, so when when Biden comes out and says, "I want to nominate a black woman," what's the first thing they do? 
Oh, it's got to be black. Oh, oh, it's got to. And look, you know we know we know what we know what the code words are. We know what they are. Don't put no n word in there. We don't want no n word in there. That, that's what they're saying. Come on. That you know we already got the one coon in there, and he's cooning for us enough. So leave oh, it he's alone. a coon. We'll, we'll, we'll he's a straight that, up coon. We'll live with that coon. We'll live yeah, with that coon. Don't, don't you put no yeah. don't you put no strong black woman in there because she might she might fight against that coon. Come on, let, let's just yeah, be honest. Let's call it what cool. it is. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So that that that's that's what that's what we live with. No, and, and, and Mitch McConnell, I'm not sure he's got to say. What, yep. what he, well, he's already it's he's already a, come out. He's already come out and said that he's going to give it a fair look and all this other nonsense. But you know yeah, what's going to happen. Lying. Well, he's you know lying. what's going to happen. They're, lying. they're going to well, you, you know, you know what's going to happen, right? They're going to come out and and try to you know paint her because it, listen, Republicans they're kind of brash in what they do. To be perfectly honest with you, but I do think that they understand that there's a thin line that they can't cross. They're not going to go after her because she's an African-American. What they're going to do, Ms. Elias, they're going to paint the narrative that she's a leftist, that she's an extreme leftist, and that's how they're going to go after her. Because even Republicans well, don't want to have that stench on their hands. Look, look bottom line, I, money says that they're going – they're not going to go after her because of her color. They're, they'll go after her because of any, any – and they'll use all the uh, the catchphrases that, that – that they use that 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 signifies to dog them that it's a black woman. Yep, dog whistles. They're, that's what they'll use. Come on, let's just be honest. They're not. They don't care about. They're not gonna come out and straight out and say it. But they'll use the dog whistles and, and use all the stuff that they use. Like Mr. Connell made the slip, the Freudian. It wasn't the Freudian slip. It was just how he feels last week when he said uh, African Americans are voting at the same rate as Americans. Come on. Come on, they got dog whistles. They're gonna keep having them. They're gonna keep having them. You know uh, what's funny about this whole thing, especially when we talk about Donald Trump. You know, it's amazing how you know women. You know, remember when he got uh, when he uh, was elected? I think they had like the the Minion Women's March, or it was this huge protest when he became president. But you know, you watch some of this stuff on YouTube, Vanessa, and you watch how they talk to females that support Trump. And how they just turned the blind eye. Trump, if Trump had his way, he would want all women to be barefoot, naked in the kitchen at a stove. And they still follow this guy. You know, he talked about nominating women as as judges. You know, he, I think he appointed more than two hundred judges to the federal bench. And I'm I'm just willing to say I'm thinking that ninety percent of them were like strong white men. Now, I'll get the right numbers, but it's a ridiculous amount. So things that he said during the campaign when he ran for president, those were promises. They were just lies. I mean, there's nothing unusual because the guy lies if he's talking. If his mouth is moving, he's lying. But, Vanessa, are you amazed how women – I remember they were talking to some woman at one of his rallies. And they, this was when he was running against Hillary Clinton. And, you know, she was like, well, women are not – uh, you know, women are not supposed to be president. That's a man's job. I mean, what freaking 1950s vintage commercial are you coming from? I mean, it's amazing how you will vote for someone who really don't give a damn about your interests, but you continue to follow. What say you? Well, first, let me say that Trump doesn't care anything about women. No. That's why he said that he 
he can just say anything to them and get what he wants from them. Oh, yeah. The next thing is Trump was in Houston last night. Oh, they God. said that his crew, you didn't know that? Well, I did. I'm just Trump had a saying. rally in Conroe, which is oh, the really? outskirts of Houston. Didn't know he was it in Conroe. Is, uh, with a majority Republican white area. It was kept flashing across my telephone, giving me updates, um, like his crew was very, well, let's just say they said that they were being good. And my words were when they said that was, well, since Houston is now murder capital <laughs> of the world, like we like right there with Chi-Town and Detroit or something, it's like, Okay, I suggest y'all don't come to Houston acting stupid because for every one gun your security people have, these people got these guns that shoot off 20 rounds in a second or something. So I I just couldn't believe he came here. But once they said he was calm, but did y'all see where his son, Donald Jr., took his son to some gun place here in Houston, and he loaded up. A gun. He was teaching a little boy to load up an, an uh, assault rifle or something. It's like, is this family crazy? Well, the answer to that question is yes. AR-15. It was an AR-15. You can. You go to any gun range. No, build one, not shoot it. You go to any gun range, and that's they 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 got them set up already. They got it set up already. So, him coming here saying that he will run in 2024, I just was looking at him going, please, Lord, let something happen with a felony charge or something where this man can't run. But I just don't know. I just don't know if he's going to not get away with this. And let me jump in here. Hold on one minute, Jay. There's a list of the black women, and it shot across my phone. I got to go back and pull it. That he is considering, or that they think he should consider. So as soon as I get a chance, when that ice cold front comes through here next week, that we're gonna be stuck in the house, Jay. uh, I'm gonna look that up, and I want to see who those women are that Biden is thinking about um, putting in that place. But yeah, when they ran that woman through for Trump in 27 days, days. Because yeah, they yeah. didn't want Biden to get that pick. That was dirty yeah. and low down. And for these Republicans to sit there and want to bash what Biden is trying to do is ridiculous. Yeah, so. and, and let me jump in because I, what I don't want to do is I don't want Trump to steal this segment where we're talking about women, you know, a, an African-American woman who could be the first Supreme Court justice. I don't want him to even be a part of this conversation because at the end of the day, you know, he dominates everything anyway. I've never seen a person outside of President Obama, I guess, that remains um, in the forefront, uh, you know, this, you know, for, you know, years after this person, not a year, but a couple of years after being out of office, going into year one, I should say. I mean, he is still dominating the news because of all the nonsense that he did while he was in office and all the the crap that he continues to spew and the fact that his little minions uh, are in Congress, they continue to keep this man's name in the headlines. So we have to cover him. But at the end of the day, you know, once again, Jackie, we're talking about the possibility of adding a sister to the highest court in the land, someone who can look at things from a different point of view. 
it's it's amazing how we played the hit at the top of the segment, how women are running around. You know, the one, uh, I think her name is Carly, Kaylee McEnany, whatever her name is. She said, oh, well, we hope that he does a better job. You see what happened? He, that game was Kamala Harris. I mean, they, they are just so filled with hate and race and, and, and races. And let me say this, too, because sometimes people send messages throughout the week and they say, you know, you guys sound like a bunch of, uh, 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 mad black people, and, and you know people can you know you know classify you guys as racist. Well, first of all, look up the word racism, and then you tell me how we can be racist. Second of all, when you listen to these people talk, right? Like for example, Liz Cheney. There were times, and I and I'll, I'll admit it. There were times where I was looking at Liz Cheney like, oh look at you. You, you know you you just a you know you just a white little racist lady, but made us realize that there are people out there who legitimately disagree with us, Jackie. And so everyone that disagrees with us are not racist. So I want to make sure we put that out there. But at the end of the day, when we look at the possibility of getting a sister on the high court, give me your thoughts on that. And how do you feel about that being an African-American woman? Well, no question. I just feel, um, I just feel wonderful about that. And you know, I you know, I pray that it happens and it is it's not about race in the end. It's about, you know, being qualified. And I believe it, you know, cuz everybody wants to focus um cuz I'm, I'm I'm proud of her, but it I mean just the show the the just her uh just being up for that, I mean, it's it's true about her qualifications. You know, everybody, everyone, everybody want to pick and choose when to uh, make it about race. I'm I'm proud of that, but also I I just thank God just for her being qualified for that as well. You know, it's, right? You know, I, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Definitely, as a as a black woman, I'm proud of that. But yeah, people want to, you know, what can I say? Part, party, party. <laughs> they they're gonna constantly do the other side is gonna constantly do what they need to do for the party, right? So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that part, like you said, just okay. But I pray, I pray that it happens. So I pray. Well, well the only way it won't happen is if Republicans do what Republicans do, you know. And they may try to, you know, we have a fifty-fifty uh, split in the Senate, and so that to me simply means no mistakes allowed. Because, like my boy Eric Eric B and Rakim said, because MC means to move the crowd. No mistakes allowed here, because at the end of the day, uh, you know. The Republicans can still run interference, and I'd be curious to hear what they have to say about this uh, when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to uh, when it's time to sit down and meet with these judges. I really and truly, I really and truly want to hear what they have to say about it because at the end of the day, you know, the bottom line is is that uh, they can still run interference. They still can, and they can still cause problems for the nominee. Regardless of what happens, so we have to be mindful of that, 
and uh, and keep you know make sure to keep an eye on the prize because Miss McConnell may say one thing, you know, their actions speak louder than their words. So you know, at the end of the day, we have to be careful about that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Philly, what were you trying to say? Uh, I wasn't saying anything. I, I let you, I was letting you know Jerome was here, bro. Oh, okay. Jerome's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding, my brother. Four minutes left in this segment. I want to get your thoughts on the fact that uh, President Biden uh, pledged to uh, nominate a black woman. He reiterated that on Thursday. Uh, African-American people are saying it's about damn time because, you know, a lot of the things you promised us during the campaign we haven't seen at this point. Give me your thoughts on this. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, again, don't know what the fuss is because, you know, he said he was going to do it. And when you say, you know, when Trump was doing all the nonsense that he was doing, people kept saying, well, he ran on this. He's just keeping his promise. And they went through this whole promises made, promises kept, and all that nonsense, right? But Democrats seem like, feel like they have to explain themselves. And so white folks are bringing up the argument, why is it about color and all that? It's like, no, it's not about color. He made a commitment to do something, and he ran on it, and he's doing it. Let it go. You lost. And that's how quick those conversations need to be. Um, that's how quick they need to be because you can't keep changing the rules. Well, they do it anyway. You can't change the rules because what happens, Democrats always have different fights and different arguments than Republicans. We'll blow that away and be like, oh, that's how Mitch McConnell and those guys are, and they'll get to do what they want. And then when Democrats do that, then people have this, oh, it's process, and I just didn't feel comfortable with it, and and all this nonsense. They're trying to delay it. So, you know, um, Schumer and those guys need to just have a backbone and just get it done, you know, because, first of all, getting their eyes off the prize is what Democrats normally do. What they should do, there are three Trump picks on that Supreme Court. Biden, they should have added two more seats to the Supreme Court. At I, was, least. I was going to ask you that. I was going to talk or ask you, ask you that question before we got out of there. I'm glad you brought it up. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's in our problem in, as a country, just like generally, is that one side um, breaks the rules, the other side wants you to stay um, complacent and play within the rules. And so everything gets skewed. So it's no surprise that the Supreme Court is so way off balance, being that they mm-hmm. stole the pick from Obama. Then they rushed right. two people who pretty much wasn't qualified in there, you know, and um, nobody batted an eye. But the black woman comes up and it's like, well, what is really her qualifications and did she do? Nobody asked that about any of those other two. They knew that they, especially Kavanaugh, but they knew that they were so corrupted that they couldn't pass scrutiny um, under a normal circumstance. So they get the crazy guy in there. He lets them go, think nothing of it, and then the black woman you want to scrutinize. you know. And, and I'm not going to start a black woman, black man fight either, but it is black people generally. It's not just that it's a woman because people yeah. are going to try to compare that Amy Barrett thing to the black woman, and it's not even comparable. Like, it is not even a remote conversation to have, so don't let anybody drag you into it. She, Can I ask you a wrong question? 
Yes. Well, we, we have to get ready to go, Vanessa. Hold your thought. Uh, you can definitely ask them a question after the break. We're, we're right up against it. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. For for months now, uh, Malawi has entered into the key to what many countries still struggling with, with the massive Omicron waves considered the holy grail, the epidemic uh, stage of the pandemic. So in which, here's the deal. It looks like this African country is almost at the point where they're getting ready to get rid of the pandemic. Guess what? We need to learn lessons from African countries that do things like this. I remember back in the day, Donald Trump called them asshole countries. Well, guess what? There would be one African country or African country is leading the way. Let's listen to it in this week's edition of Informative Select, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side. Here in the U.S., there's a lot of discussion about what it would take for the coronavirus to become endemic. In other words, a more predictable seasonal virus like the flu or common cold. Well, in Africa, top scientists say much of the continent may have already reached that less threatening phase. NPR's Nareet Eisenman reports. Like many countries in Africa, before the Omicron wave, Malawi didn't seem to have been hit too hard by COVID. Kudwani Jambo is an immunologist at the Malawi-Liverpool Welcome Program. He says even by July of last year, when Malawi had already gone through several waves of the coronavirus, it looked like only a tiny share of Malawians had been infected. Probably less than 10%. If we look at the number of uh, individuals that have actually tested positive, maybe less than 5% even. The number of people turning up in hospitals was also pretty low, even during the peak of each successive COVID wave. But Jambo knew this wasn't the full picture of what had been going on in Malawi. The country's population is so young. The median age, for example, for Malawi is something like 17.5. That most infections were probably asymptomatic ones that wouldn't show up through testing, let alone in hospitals. So Jambo and his collaborators turned to another potential source of information, a repository of blood samples that had been collected from Malawians month after month by the National Blood Bank. And they checked what share of those samples had antibodies for the coronavirus. Their findings? For me, I was very shocked. By the start of Malawi's third COVID wave with the Delta variant last summer, as much as 80% of the population had already been infected. There's absolutely no way we would have guessed that this thing has spread that much. Jama thinks these findings explain a key feature of the current Omicron wave. The number of deaths this time has been a fraction of the already low number during previous waves. Now, barely any Malawians have been vaccinated, so Jumbo says their apparent resistance to severe disease was likely built up as a result of all the prior exposure to earlier variants. Now we have had uh, beta, we have had delta, and the original. It seems that a combination of those three has been able to neutralize this Omicron variant in terms of severe disease. And now that the Omicron wave has peaked across Africa, country after country there seems to have experienced the same pattern a huge rise in infections that has not been matched by a commensurate spike in hospitalizations and deaths. Shabir Mahdi is a prominent vaccinologist at the University of Witwatersrand in South Africa. I think we should draw comfort from the fact that this has been the least severe wave in the country. And he says, there too, the most likely reason is that immunity gained through prior infections. In South Africa's case, it came at a high price. Its population is substantially older than Malawi's, and during the Delta wave last summer, hospitals in South Africa were swamped. Still, the upshot says Mahdi. We've come to a point 
we're at least three quarters and now after Omicron probably 80% of South Africans have developed immunity and at least protection against severe disease. He and other scientists aren't quite ready to say the coronavirus no longer poses a danger in Africa. Emory University biologist Rustam Antia has been studying what it will take for the coronavirus to become endemic, the way the flu and seasonal colds are. So the key question is how long does immunity that protects us from getting ill last? But Shabir Mahdi says research suggests it could last at least a year. So Mahdi says in African countries and likely in many other low- and middle-income countries with similar experiences of COVID, the takeaway is already clear. I think this is a turning point in this pandemic. What we need to do is learn to live with the virus and get back to as much of a normal society as is possible. That still means taking steps to protect the vulnerable, says Mahdi. But he adds any policy that's intended to stop future infections with massively disruptive restrictions isn't just unnecessarily damaging, but he says it's fanciful thinking. Nareet Eisenman, NPR News. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. That dispute spilled into today's hearing. Do the vaccines work? against preventing COVID-19? Yes or no? Yes or no questions are, are not that, uh, that easy to find in science. The Democratic leader was unsatisfied with his answer that they are effective in preventing serious illness, but over time, not infection. We hit two buttons to push here, Dr. Ladapo. Yes or no? Emotions were already on high after it was revealed that last year he declined to wear a mask around a Democratic senator who had a serious condition, later revealed to be breast cancer. It is very important to respect people's preferences. I will also add that, um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a mutual thing, and I think that, that is a, that's, a, that's an area that we've fallen short of during the pandemic. During his time as acting Surgeon General, he has loosened recommendations surrounding testing and helped push treatments advocated for by the governor, namely monoclonal antibodies. After over an hour of questions, the panel's four Democrats had had enough. We don't feel that we're getting any answers. The Florida Senate Democrats are in this committee now are going to abstain, walk out, and come back when we have more business to, to, to attend. The panel's six Republicans immediately moved his confirmation to the next committee. <laughs> oh boy, welcome back in. 347 minutes after the hour. All right, look, in full disclosure, I have to say something. Every now and then, it's always good to laugh at yourself. And since the no-hitter is already gone, uh, right before convener time, 
uh, the last segment. My little teleprompter went out, <laughs> so I was trying to read it, and it went out. So that's why I was yubba dubba, yubba dubba doing it. it, it Mr. Elias, I sounded like George Bush when he said, "Fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, uh, you just can't fool me again." <laughs> oh God, I was lying. I was busting up laughing, man, doing the break. I said, "My God, I screwed that up." All right, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two now. Here's the thing. Here's something that always gets my goat here, uh, Vanessa, is how Republicans try to find that one, you know, boogaboo to try to say that they are about affirmative action, that they are about trying to raise black people up to, 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 to a higher standard. And so, you know, we saw this. You know, we talked about Clarence Thomas. To me, he was one of those coons, to me, to be honest with you. You know, you look at Tim Scott. To me, he's a coon. I'm just being honest with you. And maybe I shouldn't talk this way this morning, but this is just how I feel. He's a coon. He, he, he's a, he's the one black man that's amongst a whole bunch of white folks. And say, hey, here you go, boy. We, we're going to give you this position. And what they do, they fall right in line with what uh, the white folks want them to do. Here's this, this doctor uh, that's, uh, that's, that was, that's being dominated for the Florida uh, Surgeon General uh, position. You know, he, he's one of those guys. And so, you know, it, it's so embarrassing to me when we have people like this because, you know, even remember when they uh, uh, nominated Michael Steele to be the, uh, the, the chairman of the, of the Republican Party when President Obama got, you know, when he won his election in 2009? It's like we find these people and, you know, we want them. We're going to show you how, you know, it's that, Mr. Elias, it's like that line where people used to say, hey, listen, I have, I have black friends. And when usually when someone says something like that, you know what that really and truly means. So, Vanessa, being no, that I look, yeah, exactly. So, so you, know, you know, like I announced at the top of the show, my mother and I contracted COVID. And let me tell you something, you know, at the end of the day, had we not been vaccinated, you know, I'm not sure what the results would have been from this whole thing. You know, especially with my mother and some of the things that she's dealing with. And then you have, you know, you know, people like this clown in Florida, you know, saying, you know, putting out this nonsense, nonsense about the virus, just total BS, won't answer questions about whether the virus is safe or not. And here's the thing that's so ridiculous about it is that all these people who are against vaccines and stuff, I guarantee you their asses are vaccinated. Guarantee it. But they sit here put on this front as if they are against it, but I guarantee you that they're vaccinated. And Vanessa, I know, you know, you're someone and you've announced it on the show. You've had issues underlining conditions and concerns. You know, how, how does it make you feel to know that there are people out there that continue to push this nonsense? And here's a brother you know, being nominated by DeSantos because he's just trying, DeSantis, whatever his freaking name is, he's doing this because he just want to show, here we go, let me get a black person, you know, let me, it's almost like the slave masters having those uh, black uh, black slave, what did they used to call them back in the day, Mr. Elias, the people that were, uh, the black men that were helping uh, the, the, the slave owners, what did they call those, what was the name for those guys? House N-Words. Well, not that there. I know that, but I'm saying the guys that used to be out there on the, uh, they call them slavers, black slavers. You know, it's the same thing. It's the, 
Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, Vanessa. How does it make you feel when you hear stuff like this coming from folks that are supposed to be doctors? And with that title, their words carry weight to those people who are just uh, who are mindless and who don't, you know, who, who are just not educated. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, the first thought comes to mind when you say that is, you did say Florida, right? I did. Is that not okay? So yes. don't shoot me, y'all, for saying this. But Florida and parts of Cali is where they're counseling most of the cruise ships until the end of February, which means that all those people are not going to be making money because they won't be getting tips. And that is because the people in Florida just do not enforce the COVID rules, and it was just running rampant on some of the ships. So I feel sorry for those people because they're not making any money. They're just sitting there floating around. The next thing is, I'm, you know, this really annoys me when I see a, a black person trying to watch my words, see a black person bow down to some white hypocrisy just because they want the job title or they want to make the money or whatever. It really bothers me. It bothers me when I saw last night at Trump's rally that they once again paid some black guys to be on the front row, but then they looked like they were inmates when you look at, the, look at them. But still, they always put black people on the front row and use them for their side. I just hate it. I hate that the black guy who uh, Biden, I mean, not Biden, Trump put in position to be over the housing, didn't know nothing about housing. He was a regular doctor, but he took the position because he wanted the title. So, you know, I'm just, I hate that black people are in a position that they have to do this kind of stuff that really goes against black people's thoughts, morals on stuff. I just hate that they do it because they feel like they need the title and the money. And it's been happening, Jay. I'm seeing it more in this time in my life, but I hate it. It really disgusts me about that person. But that's just me. That's my opinion. I don't like it. To me, they're, if I say the word, I like they're Oreos is what I call them. I call them Oreos. They're black on the outside and they're white on the inside, and they are going to bow down and do whatever so that they can. They're like Brian Gumble. I mean, so who was the first Oreo I, mean, I encountered? So, you know, that, when I'm serious, he was the first one in my life that I encountered, and I was like, oh my God. But yeah, I hate it. And, it, and, and Jay, I, I mean, you need to help me get out there because. Tomorrow is the last day to sign up to register to vote in Texas, and we're fixing to vote for go- the governor. This is you don't really see any TV commercials against who's running against no. him or anything. But it's but Abbott, Abbott's time is going to be up. You don't even see a commercial on who's running against him. We're going to end up getting this man back in office who is shifting the voting uh, places. For black people, once again, jacking with black people, and the the cards, the the voters' registration mailing cards. I mean, just Abbott is just doing yeah. so much to hurt us in Texas. And tomorrow's the last day to register. You ain't heard nothing about it. You ain't seen nothing about it at the churches. Telling you, I am appalled at what is 
fixing to happen in a few minutes. It's going to happen. Well, but he's but he's not the only one, Vanessa. I mean, let's just be real about it. We talked about this, and we That's continue to thing. talk about it on the show. Yeah, That's so so it's going nowhere, and they not even got yeah. anybody but a TV commercial voting against him. So well, I, 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 I think. I think Beto O'Rourke is going to run against him. I think that's the last I heard, but I'm not sure. But 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 you're I right. I mean, it's just okay. one of. I ain't seen a Beto commercial yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I hear you. I mean, uh, but 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 you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the bottom line is. Why do they always have to put black people continue. in that spot, though, Jay? Why do they always have what? to put black people out there like an Uncle Tom? Why do they well, always but, do well, that? Because, and black well, because well, 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 I don't know. Well, I tell you what. Let me direct that question to someone else. Uh, Jackie, why do you think they they do this? Well, why do you think they put uh, folks out there, uh, you know, black folks out there that represent uh, what what you know represent the, their uh, their thoughts, their their process? And let me say this once again: I don't have anything against black Republicans. I really and truly don't. I, I really don't. I know a couple of black Republicans, and they are appalled at where their 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 uh, party's going. And and one of them has actually left the party. Because, you know, the guy told me, he says, look, I'm conservative, man, but my goodness, you know, I'm black first. And at the end of the day, I can see what they're doing to our, to my people. So I can't sit here in good faith and continue to support a party that continues to do things that oppress my people. And I just have to find another platform. But there are people out there who are black Republicans who are saying, look, I can't deal with this. You know, we talk about country first, but this guy said, look, I'm an African-American first and foremost. So at the end of the day, I got to sit here and stand on the side of my people. But why do you think, Jackie, that you have these, you know, like, you know, uh, Oreos, Uncle Tom's? Why do you think you have these people out here, especially a doctor who's, you know, people will play clips of him saying, putting out nonsense to justify their reasoning for for not putting on masks or or not getting vaccinated? Why do you think that we have these people out there? Uh, uh, Yeah, well, because it's just going to be some people just simply willing to do it. They do, they do it because they they know somebody's going to be there to do it, who's willing to do it. All I can say is thank God for those who, uh, uh, like the one you said, you're like, hey, I'm black first. <laughs> I get conservatism, but look, I, I, hey, I, God bless him. He black first. But uh, they know that they can do it because they know they can. They know that somebody is going to be willing. You offer them enough money, enough power, enough prestige, because if that's at the forefront of their mind, if that's their priority, they know somebody is going to take the bait if they throw it out there. Hmm. Let, let, let me, let me ask you. Uh huh. Yeah, if that's a priority, money, power, prestige. Uh-huh. Hey. Okay. Well, well, let me ask this question to Jerome: Is it disingenuous for us to say that these people are doing it for money, for power, or is it, or 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 is it a situation where this is their conviction? I Man, this is what they believe. You know, so hey, I mean, everybody doesn't think the same way. Is it wrong for us to say, well, these people are looking at this? Uh, you know, uh, they have ill will in their heart. Their intent, their intentions are not good. This is just a situation where people are just, look. This is what I believe. And this is who I am, and we should accept this 
uh, we should accept the fact that this is what they believe, Jerome. Right or no? Um, I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. That's above my pay grade. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know any of them people like that. You know what I mean? Like as right. an observer of it, I can tell you that it appears to me that their pathology is kicking in to how they actually view the world, right? And so there are people who are just not empathetic. There are people who are narcissistic. There are people who are just off the rails when it comes to how they see themselves in the world based on what Francis Crush Wellsing calls a color color consciousness, right? So when somebody Mm -hmm. is a colonizer or white supremacist and all that other stuff, and they're functioning within society, it doesn't mean they don't think that they're better. It doesn't mean that they don't believe that you shouldn't have anything. It doesn't mean that they don't understand how that's working inside of economics and to politics, inside of, you know, just general grocery store issues or going to a doggone car wash. That That is a thread that goes through all of those things, um, socioeconomic, like all of those things that they make decisions on are based on superiority and we don't there is no way to quantify that because of course white folks aren't going to do a study on themselves they think they're fine right and i don't think that anybody's reconciled the fact that after the civil war you still have these people fighting this war in their head right no matter how much no matter how much they're around black folks or black people tell them we're not even looking at y'all they don't believe that in their hearts they think that there is a war against them. That's why that works so well when you talk about GOP folks talking about uh, there's a war on welfare, there's a war on crime, and then they put people of color in those spots so that they can go at them. There is something inherently wrong with that, and so we don't address that at all. We just keep skimming the surface on what do we think that they're doing and what do you think they're feeling? And just if we understand the races, there would be no, you know, all of that nonsense. It's always been nonsense. And so even when I look at this, I can't even justify it with a really good answer to say that, oh, we can have a conversation and this will help. It, it really, really doesn't. So um, we have to kind of somehow figure out a mechanism to create equity opposed to asking for equity, because it's just never happened. So we keep going in this circle. I'm sure, you know, in the late 1800s, they had this conversation. I'm sure right after the Civil War, when there were a lot of black folks who who had political power in the South before the Klan masked itself back up to say, oh, they're taking your country, and they did that same stuff back then. I think it always hits a tipping point when you have black people who are very present in leadership like Obama, that it tweaks a sweet tooth or whatever we want to call it inside of that supremacy, inside of that colonizing part of what they think that they've lost. And what they've lost is the ability to oppress somebody. There, there has to be something in that that we're overlooking. Yeah, that's a good point, Jerome. I, I like the way you broke that down. Mr. Elias, let me give you the final word on this, man. Um, you know, just give me your thoughts. You've heard the conversation. Just uh, just chime in. Well, but, but, you know something, man? It, it, I don't know why, but Harriet Tugman came to mind because, you know, huh. if, if she was running away, if she, if she was running away, if there was weak people in the, in the uh, and that were mm. with her, 
She took them out. Okay. She took them out. So bottom line, these, these people are weak. They don't stand up for what they believe in. You know, come on. How, how can you sit there and stand behind somebody who is taking away your rights to vote, who doesn't want if if, if if you don't and, and, and gerrymandering districts so they can win an election. And then they say that you're cheating and it's not a free and fair election. Come on. How can you support this stuff when you're, you're, you're when, when, when people uh, wanted to vote and, and they had to, they had the right to vote, but hell, they had to guess how many, how many jelly beans or how many, how many marbles when this glass mm. jar. Poll tax, poll tax. So, huh? Poll tax, exactly. So, so how can you sit here and vote and, and and stand behind these same people who are trying to get you back to that era and who are trying to take away your rights to vote? Why 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 can't you just go out and vote? Why does ha- why does there have to be all these laws and all this other crap put in place and they're shutting down the mailing system? So now that in Chicago and Berwyn, Illinois, people are still. People are getting late notices, and some people are getting their cars repossessed because they haven't gotten mail in almost 90 days mm. because, of the, because of the clown that Trump has put in office. And these people, are some of these people are relying on their, their, their mail to get to them for their medicine. They can't get it. And these are the same people that you vote for that are trying to take all your voting rights. Because if I don't like who you voted for, I'm going to put it where I want in office. So that that's not uh, that's not that's an autocracy that you're trying to create. So how can you vote for something like that? I don't get it. Make me understand. I wish I could, man. Wow, interesting topic. Great discussion as always. All right, it's time to step out. It's time for part one of Mariana Music's Corner. You're listening to the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can be a part of the conversation as well. We'll be right back after this. We got the spirit, we're hot, we can't be stopped. We got the spirit, we're hot, we can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest them. moments can have the biggest yeah. impact on a child's yeah. life. Take time to be a dad One more today. All oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Longtime Democratic strategist James Carville wants his party to rethink how it organizes and spends money. In an interview with Vox, Carville said this, quote, Jamie Harrison raised over $100 million only to lose his Senate race to Lindsey Graham by 10 points. Amy McGrath runs for Senate in Kentucky, raises over $90 million only to get crushed by Mitch McConnell. They were always going to lose those races, but Democrats keep doing this stupid stuff. They're too damn emotional. Democrats obsess over high-profile races they can't win because that's where all the attention is. We are addicted to hopeless causes. James continues, what about the Secretary of State in Wisconsin or the Attorney General race in Michigan? How much money are Democrats and progressives around the country sending to those candidates? I'm telling you, if Democrats are worried about voting rights and election integrity, then these are the sorts of races they should support and volunteer for because this is where the action is and this is where things will be decided. Joe James never mincing words. Again, talking to his fellow Democrats here. All right, welcome back in, 347-850-1272. Ten minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side. James Carville, if you've been following politics, he is a Democratic strategist. His wife is a Republican, actually. Uh, you know, he supported Hillary Clinton during the first uh, uh, Obama run for president, but, you know, he's a loyal Democrat. He supported President Obama, and he continues to be a player in the Democratic Party. <laughs> James is saying something, Jerome, that a lot of people have been saying across the country. And Mr. Elias, you know, he, Mr. Elias, his infamous saying, when Michelle Obama says, you know, they go low, we go high, whatever, Mr. Elias says, no, we need to go just as low as they need to go. So here's a prominent Democrat strategist saying, look, uh, we need to start playing in the mud as well. We have to stop focusing on, on races that we can never win and focus and put our money and attention on races that we can win and try to win from the bottom up versus the bottom from the top down. What are your thoughts, uh, Jerome, on what uh, what James Carver said? Do you agree with that, or do you think uh, you know we should continue along the path that we're going on? I shouldn't say we, but well, Democrats. Well, first of all, I want to comment on James Carvel because James Carvel is not smarter than me, for one. Okay, so let's just get the strategy stuff out of the way, and um, <laughs> let, me, okay. let me be let me be really. We clear. call you the smartest man in the world, bro. We call you the smartest oh. man in the world. That includes all the men, right? I don't, I don't really hawk on being a strategist much, but and I don't do a lot of, um, you know, I'm I'm not in the world that James Carvel is in, although I am. I'm not really. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that when you have, you know, I know he's southern from Louisiana, sounds a little charming, that he talked real fast and all that other nonsense. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this, is that yeah. his perspective sucks from our vantage point, right? He don't, really? He has no clue what the Democratic Party is now, he's trying to bring it back to the days that white males, southern white males, get to tell everybody else what they're thinking and what they're doing. So I wouldn't believe him worth yeah. what. So wow. if he's going to say we're taking races that we can't win, what are you supposed to do, not run? You nut? Of course high-profile races get more money. Of course rich people give more money to rich people. Like tell us something that we don't know. He's playing on that talking head stuff on TV. That's not a strategy. You know, they're they're always, always, like even going with Hillary. They should have asked him, well, why the hell did Hillary lose? And you know what he'll tell you? Because y'all didn't get enough white people to vote for you. That was his strategy. 
So by rights, he was saying, oh, Biden ain't going to even be in this thing. Biden need to move out the way. Go for the younger folks to bring them. What happened? Some black folks came out and young white folks came out and voted for Biden. He, he has no insight in this because we are constantly trying to put, you know, put a, a square peg in a round hole. Like they're always trying to go back to yesteryear without seeing what the climate is now. So if, if people are on TV, Wait a minute, I'm going to have to use that. Was that again? A, a, a square peg? Put some round in a square Yeah, yeah, you're trying to put a, a square peg in a round <laughs> hole, right, is that saying, right? You're, you're constantly trying to fit something back to how it was. And that's why the Democratic Party sucks right now. You have all of these cooks in the kitchen, and they're constantly going back and forth. We should go back. We should be like Republicans. We should do – like, they're doing that, and they – Every time somebody breaks that system, they constantly reel it back in. O- Obama broke that system because in, in Obama's sense, they were like, there's no way he could be Hillary. She got old money. She got Democrats from around the place. He's a young black man. He ain't going to do it. And then once he started rallying up people, then the party said, wait a minute, how do we get these people on our side? But they didn't want to totally integrate them. They just wanted them to vote for them. They're still holding down white supremacy, right? Like across the board. So every time I they, Jerome is talking about before I forget, like I did a few minutes ago. Yes, please. Yeah, I knew you had a question. Jerome. So and this, yeah. this concerns less. This concerns less a little bit. And okay. let me say, for y'all already called me a black Republican, but anyway, I have some Republican beliefs on certain things, but I'm a Democrat. I'm not going to say I'm a, de- a Democrat first. I'm just going to say I'm black first. Can I, can I help you with this, I'm Vanessa? Gonna... No, no, can I help no, you with no, this? You you're, you're not a Republican. No, what what happens, black about. people are conservative, and people keep yeah. missing that. We're conservative black folks, so we really don't have I, a party. <laughs> Go I ahead. I totally agree with you when you say that the Democrats are what. I totally agree with you on that. I totally agree that it's time for them to step up and play the same hardball that the Republicans are playing. I am sick of this, but let me tell y'all this. Now, Les, this is where you're concerned. I am. I do not want Joe Biden taking a trillion dollars, sending out masks that people not gonna wear. Like Les's job has. Thousands upon thousands, he says, of, of, of masks, and employees won't wear them. And so I can think that just, can you please take some of that money? Come fix me and Jay's freeways over here in Houston. Can you can you do some of that? Can you they come and build an apartment? I mean, can, can you start putting a trillion dollars out there for highways and byways? But I'm just saying that is wasted money to me because these people, if they want a mask, they don't sell right now a hundred of them at the grocery store for five dollars. I don't get it. Why is he doing that? Take that trillion dollars or take that money for those masks and put some of that money toward some Democrats in different positions that need that money. Okay. Like so somebody enough. that's running against a Republican, like since he won't do anything about the voting to help us down here in Texas because he's not, <laughs> and Governor Evans changed every rule in the book. He could give a little of that money 
to help Beto. Uh, and, and he's a Democrat. I mean, okay, I don't care, J. Rao, what he does with the money. But can he take that money and do something more useful with it other than send out face masks that people are going to have on the ground because they're not wearing them in Texas? So now what? That's all I had to say about that. I'm stepping back out. Okay, well, well was that, that wasn't the right thing, was it? I, I don't I can know tell where you to go. Yeah, go ahead. First of all, nobody's spending a trillion dollars on masks. So stop watching yeah. Fox. We talked about this before. <laughs> like, I don't look at that. I'm just saying that. Okay, I'm all right. I'm, I was I'm like, don't, don't look at the food. That, so I'm not trying to say, y'all, really, it's a trillion dollars. I'm just saying he's spending a lot of money on that. Yeah, and but he, some of these masks. Yeah, Somebody but you COVID should. Tests are coming in expire in 30 days. So if you don't need a COVID test in 30 days or 45 days, some of them are coming in, then what you going to do with it? Throw it in the trash can. I'm not saying it's a trillion dollars. It's a play on words. So don't, yeah, don't go there, Jerome. No. We, we, you need to have masks. They need to put them in community centers. They need to put them any place where you have our gathering people, where you have some governance over, right? And right. so the, the fact that people are – um, are pulling T-shirts over their mouths and all of that other stuff. We, you do have the government has just like with our oil reserves, we have I don't know probably six months worth of oil just in reserves. So we don't ever have to have gas prices going up if we don't want to, right? So the government does have surplus, and so when you when you're taking out of the government surplus, what happens? They buy when it's really cheap. They store this stuff, and it's just sitting there in a warehouse. So they can get out masks and all of that stuff and, and things to help people, even if they don't use it. We cannot keep judging ourselves by the least amongst us, the people who are being knuckleheads. We just really can't. So the people who need it, if you want to send it to nursing homes or those facilities, send it there. But, you know, what happens is that once he sends it there, they'll be like, well, how come they got it and the schools don't? And then we'll go through this. So in the areas that they have Republican school districts, they're like, we don't want to wear a mask. Like, they're playing on this, which creates the dysfunction and the infighting. This country has a lot of money, and it prints money, and they waste a ton of money. They're not even co- collecting, like, about $2 trillion in back taxes from rich people. So they're not collecting taxes. They're not raising anybody's taxes. It's like looking at that doggone, not the infrastructure, but the build back better. That is paid for. It says, oh, we're going to spend a trillion dollars. That's paid for. They actually figured out what to cut to pay for it, and they still keep throwing out that number like it matters to any of us because they know if they say a trillion dollars, it will move you some, some kind of way. And we, we really need to see past this stuff to be able to do a good assessment on what people are playing on, and they're playing on your emotions with money, where they don't seem to give a rat's about it. That's why when they gave those tax breaks to the rich people, everybody's life went on as normal. So next thing you know, they're going to give another trillion to rich people. And then they're going to say, hey, y'all want a mask? We wasting money on toilet seats. and They keep playing us. That money is there, and they're going to spend it anyway because they need to recycle money into the economy. It's just like the stimulus. They, they can easily – Canada did something like, I want to say, $2,500 a month for like six months. You know, say what you want to say about Canada, but you don't see them picking – look at the BBC or 
um, what is it, C, ah, I forgot the other Canadian station, that, I mean, the news feed that I actually read a lot. But you'll never hear them complaining about where all that money went. They feed their people, and don't nobody say jack. They have free health care, and don't, they, don't, they don't complain. We are the only people who complain about what people get um, because they don't look like they're thankful or worthy of it. We have to be above that. Our humanity has to put us above that because we do have the money. So every time we say we're the richest country in the world, we don't act like it. We act like, oh, we're going to let them fail just because I'm rich. I get to be superior than the people who can't afford to do the things that I do. It is it is sickening and sad, but we have to change our mentality, but we have to do that collectively. That's not something that one individual person can do. So, uh, by the way, even with the affordable health care, do you know there are, the enrollment was the highest um, in the, I, I want to say, since it came in, that this last enrollment period was like 14 million people. You don't really even make the news that the yeah. enrollment went up that much. So, Well, Jerome, we're going to differ on that. So I, I, I know we sent it over to you. We're going to differ on that. So I know I'm just the one person, but I promise I, you I'm not just one person who feels that way about certain things that's being done. I, but if I understand, but I – Every single way, that's fine. Yeah, I, I but, understand. But I was I'm just saying – I'm fixing. Did anybody give me nothing? What I have, did anybody give me? And I don't think I'm better than other people – but I do have thoughts like that, and and I'm not going to change that because I've I've seen too much of it. Now I don't know where you live or what you've done in your past, or you know, it sounds like you've done politics most of your life. But I didn't. I worked in an industry where they just um, stuff I'm out. sorry, so, lady. I was in corporate. I'm just saying. I'm not changing my, <laughs> my views okay, on that. Don't take no shots at me. All the emails y'all want about Vanessa and her mentality. I don't shut up, Jay. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to change this. I did it for 10 years. Okay, well, thank you, Vanessa, for that. I mean, yeah. I, mean you know, thanks. I, I, don't, I don't know what – listen, you, you have the right to your opinion, and that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Uh, I think that, you know, once again, you have to look at it from a whole different level, but that's okay. I mean, because at the end of the day – you know what, what I always say, Mr. Elias. That's why Baskin Robbins has 33 flavors. You know, you just gotta stay in your lane, feel the way you feel, support what you need to support. But you know, our mm-hmm. goal and our job is to try to educate folks on the right way and the wrong way of looking at things. At the end of the day, you're gonna make whatever decision you want to make, Mr. Elias. We have, I'm sorry, 90 seconds left in this segment, brother. I'm gonna give them to you. What do you want to say before we I, get out of here? I, I I support rich. I support catching them rich bastards. And the rich corporations. That's what I support. That's what more than, more than no. hurting the poor, uh, more than hurting the hurting the poor folk. I really, I, I don't care how much the poor person gets, but I care how much them rich bastards get because they get because whatever you give a poor person is a, is a is a half a penny compared to the dollar you're giving these rich people, these rich corporations. Where I work at, BP is one of our customers. They make billions and billions of dollars a year, and the government subsidizes them. Upgrading their plant. So, do I care that a poor person is getting five, six thousand dollars and they're getting billions of dollars? I sure don't. I sure don't. All right. I support taxing well, them. Well, what a uh, what a very uh, fiery uh, topic that was. <laughs> 
right, 347-801-272. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Riles Show. Wow. Online radio at its best.
Oh, yeah, 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best. It's time to say good morning to our peeps. Ladies are first. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Blah. <laughs> Blah. Back to you. What's going on, Y'all Jack? Y'all so mean to me. Y'all so mean to me. Okay. Nobody said nothing to you. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Give her a virtual hug. Hugger, hugger, hugger. Make sure you have your mask on, too. All right, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Roma Spree's in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? <laughs> no, how you doing? The man who gets the first you and doing? last word. No, yeah, how you doing? The man who gets the first and last word here on the series. I the one and only Mr. Elton Eaton. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, sir. Uh... That's it? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> usually, yeah. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Jay and Juan. Good morning, Nessa. Juan, good morning, Rich Sister. Juan, good morning, Momo B. Juan, good morning, Marianne Music. And Marianne Music, that first song was by uh, Sue Lily. It was called Do You. And the last song that just played was Rebirth by Paul Grant. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, sir, if you don't mind? Uh, Covina Man is the only one I'm going to recognize in there. That's it, Covina. All righty. That's it. know what that means. Covina, what's up? Mm-hmm. High fives and fist bumps to you. What's up? We The infamous Mariana Music left a message through, through uh, during the week, so I will read that during uh, a state case. The past is in the house. Frankie is in the place to be. Brian... <laughs> Jermaine Rubin, so many people listening. Thank you so much. I want to send a very special shout out to my church, by the way, a church here in Houston celebrating its anniversary today. Pastor, Pastor and Bishop, Bishop uh, uh, Isaiah uh, East Jr., uh, God bless you, my brother. I love you more than words can uh, say. Congratulations. I know that this is a, it's going to be a tough anniversary with, you know, the passing of Papa and Sister Christine, but uh Obviously, we want to make sure that we keep it going. So I want to definitely say, uh, uh, you know, congratulations to the church. And uh, so anyway, yes. You know what? By the way, um, do we have to vet what Mariana said? Because, you know, sometimes I told her not to get too personal. So I just want to make sure we vet. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Speaking of which, Jerome, what is coming up today? What is coming up today? Uh, and on a need-to-know basis in about uh, 30 minutes from now, sir. Any juicy um, stuff you want to preview? Trump? I'm just joking. <laughs> That's not, <crazy. laughs> it's not the thing that you could ever have on the show. Um, yeah, you know, stuff. You know, I, I want to talk about that, um, the bonus that Tom Brady's going to um, miss out on if he retires before February 4th. So everybody's Ooh. talking about he, him retiring. He's going to miss about $5 million, but we'll talk about that. Oh, wow. If That's he does it before February 4th. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, no official word from him, but reports are saying oh. that it's a done deal. But we'll see. Um, Interesting. And, and there's a story out right now saying that he's denying it as well. Oh, I know his father yeah. is. Okay. No. No, Tom Brady. Oh, he is. is. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Juicy, juicy, yeah. juicy. So he tune said in. He didn't make his mind up. Yes. Yep, he didn't make oh. his mind up. 
right, so tune in for that and other fun facts on a need-to-know basis where they question my blackhood in the first part of the show. So test it out, check it out, come <laughs> listen at the top of the hour. Oh, J. Rob, come on. I am home. I just don't know. All right, it's time to let's keep it moving. (laughs) Online radio at its best. Well, Julie, Inspector Kitty Blackwell spent the majority of the day on the witness stand as the prosecution laid the groundwork for how officers are trained and what's expected of them according to MPD policy. Blackwell also testified last year in Derek Chauvin's murder trial for the murder of George Floyd. Today, the most interesting information came when she spoke about MPD's policy called duty to intervene that she said was put in place in 2016. She said the policy reads that it is the duty of every sworn officer to quote, either stop or attempt to stop another sworn employee when force is being inappropriately applied or no longer required. Now that's important to the state's case because Tutau and J. Alexander King face one count that accuses them of failing to intervene and stop Chauvin's use of unreasonable force. The other count accuses those two and Thomas Lane of failing to give medical aid. The second witness today, ER doc, Dr. Bradford Langenfeld, testified that each minute that passes without starting CPR reduces the chance of survival by 10 to 15%. In cross-examination, the defense didn't spend a lot of time questioning Langenfeld, but tried to leave the window open that George Floyd could have died from a drug overdose or from excited delirium. And they actually have not cross-examined the uh, inspector yet, Inspector Blackwell, is still on the stand, and the prosecution is still questioning her, and that will continue tomorrow morning at 9.30. All right, I want to make sure we keep eyes on this case, uh, the civil rights case of, of uh, George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, or the violation of the civil rights. That case that started the three cops uh, that were involved in his tragic death uh, that's happening right now. I just want to make sure that we give it its due attention. Uh, because, you know, obviously George Floyd, the death of George Floyd really caused a movement, something that I hadn't seen in this country in a very long time. Laws were changed. You saw people protesting all over the world uh, for a black man who was just killed. I think the fact that it was caught on tape and the way it happened, um, it, 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 it kind of reminds me, I was talking to this this older gentleman, and he said it, it, it reminded him of when uh, back in the 60s, when they showed how the Mississippi and Alabama, uh, how when black folks were being uh, hit with fire hoses and being bitten by dogs on that bloody Sunday, it was like it was a shock value. And he said that when that happened, it really kind of changed the complexity of civil rights here in America because now you saw it up close and personal. You read about it, and you may have seen an act here or there, but when you are fed a dose of it, of reality, that's when it really shakes you to your soul. And I remember when that thing happened with George Floyd, uh, I remember white folks at work was like, oh, my God. And, and it was like, oh, really? Oh, so welcome to our world. We, we see this all the time. But now you're shaking to your core. So uh, I just want to make sure we keep tabs on this on this uh, trial. And draw, let me ask you a question because we didn't ask you this question before, um, but I want to ask now. Do you think because I've asked everyone else their own record. Do you think these gentlemen would be convicted? And if so, if yes, how many years do you think they're going to get? When it's all said and done, after the civil rights trial, after the local trial, how long, how many years do you think they're going to get? And do you think they're going to be convicted? Oh, man, that's tough. I think they'll get convicted. Huh? But if, No. 
I don't think they'll get convicted, but it, if no they way. do, I don't think they'll get more than 18 months. What? Yeah, I think they'll get. I, I think they'll get slaps under. This the system really does not like um, going against. Write that itself. down, y'all. Cause he, write it down. I write it down that he said 18 months. Yeah, I I think it doesn't like going against itself. Now it will make examples of individuals, but just collectively, I don't think. I think that that's going to be tough. If it was an individual, I'd be like, okay, yeah, they're going to get that guy. When it's multiple, again, just think about it from from the totality of dealing with any system, whether you're talking about a school district, especially police departments, fire departments. You know, it's really difficult for them to get, like, more than three people on one thing for any of those systems. They just don't do it. Wow. It's Um, tough. I am shocked. You said a slap on the wrist. Now, keep in mind what type of national and worldwide exposure that case got and the fact that you're saying that they're not going to. And keep in mind what has happened recently with the cop, the, the female cop. She was convicted. A lot of people thought she was going to walk, but she didn't. You know, what happened uh, with the other. I mean, I'm shocked, Jerome, that, that you think I, what happened with think, three guys I in think, Georgia. I didn't think she was going to walk. I didn't think she was going to walk. No, 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 I didn't say that. There were some people that did, though. But what I'm saying is the fact that she got, you know, she was convicted. I mean, she's going to spend a decent amount of time in jail. So I'm a little surprised that you you think that these guys are going to just get a slap on the wrist, especially the the, the two or three that that were on George Floyd's back at the time. Right. So, okay. So here's here's my 18 months. I'll give you the caveat to this part. Since they've been in jail since then, the slap on the wrist will almost be like time served, right? Oh, wow. So they're going to let them out. I believe that they will, even though this is high profile. I think when you let enough time run, that's why they keep delaying it, I think that they're going to pretty much give them slap on the wrist. I'd, I'll be surprised because I, there's too many examples of that happening. So I think collectively they can't convict more than because they're all being tried together, right? This is not. I think it's all four yeah, of them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna mitigate for the for the worst person as long as long as the guy who actually killed them goes to jail, they will give them an assist. Like they'll say, "Hey, they were there, didn't know what they was doing, and following orders." That's how this thing is gonna go down. But now the defense, I'm sorry, but the prosecutors uh, in this case, Vanessa, you know, you notice that the the first witness that they're grilling on the stand, um, they're talking to the training officer, right, for the MPD. And that training officer is reemphasizing that, hey, it is your duty to intervene if you see a situation that's getting out of hand that can turn deadly or life-threatening. It is your job, and it's written in black and white. They keep emphasizing that point that you're supposed to intervene. You can't sit here and say, well, you know, this guy pulled rank on me or I'm a trainee, especially when you heard some of the dialogue between all three officers. Because I think at one point, someone correct me if I'm wrong, I thought somebody said, hey, should we let him up now? And I think Joe said, no, keep him down. So you knew that the guy was in – 
in a bad way, but yet still you fail to intervene. So I think that's the reason why, Vanessa, the, the prosecution is taking this approach. No, you can't say you didn't know because it's in your it's in your uh, your your, uh, your your handbook, so to speak, right? <laughs> okay, let me grab my hands. I can pick up this phone. I feel like the only person because I couldn't believe Jerome said that they're gonna get a slap on the wrist and walk out of jail. Okay, so I don't believe it's eighteen months. I don't believe it's that low because anytime you give a time frame of somebody going to jail, they only have to do half unless it's federal. Federal is day for day. So I don't see them saying, oh, y'all done been in jail, go home and have a good life when the country is looking at this. I'm not going to predict how much in time because they're trying them all together. But I do feel like the one who was in training, who was probably scared to do anything other than what his training officer told him, because I've just been in that kind of position before. So I think he might get two years of time served or whatever it is, because he was doing what he was told. But those other ones who have been there, with the cop, with as a police officer who know what was being done was wrong, who was like, let's let him up, let's do this, let's do that. I think that the least they're going to get for them, not the main one, but I think the least they're going to get is going to be five years. Because if it's five years, then it's two and a half years, and they might give them nine months or one year's time, sir. But they're going to make them stay in jail longer some way or another. Those guys are going to be in jail for two and a half years. I just cannot see them saying, go home and have a good life. I, I don't know what the time frame is going to be, but I bet you I can't see them saying, go home and have a good life and enjoy your, your, your grits and sausage or whatever. I don't believe that. I don't believe she that. She said your grits and sausage. Okay. All right. Your, grits, uh, your fish and grits. How about that? Your fish and grits. Okay. All right. I don't you know, know Jackie's I don't know nothing about that. You're right. I don't know if Jackie's Jackie. still here with us. Jackie, she going to okay. church. Okay. Uh, I'm here. Okay. I'm okay, Jackie, give me your opinion on this here real quick. Yeah. I, I, I said it before. Basic human decency. I, I hope for nothing more than that, I hope all of them are prosecuted to the fullest extent of what they can be. Because you sat idly by, I, I, I swear, if it ain't for the party, it's for the blue, right? And for the blue, you stood idly by and watched a man kill someone. But, Jackie, what I, I do think, you think they're going to give them? Do you think they're going to tell them, go home and have a good life, time served? Or do you think that they're going to also get some time, some jail time that they have to do. Which one do you think? Not, which they, one do you think? They, 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 they need to get something. They, first, first of all, they ain't about to have no good life. <laughs> this is a high-profile <laughs> case. Good life, <laughs> as you know, it is, is, I, I think it's officially over with. 
But they they need to get something. I, I I'm sorry, because you you just stood there in silence and watching yeah. kill somebody. Well, I, 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 I swear to God, if I go to jail, if I if I'm if I'm gonna go to jail, look, get get off him. You doing too much. Get off him, or I'm gonna shoot you. Get off him, because you out of line. Get off him yeah. now. Well, I'm gonna you. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, there was a video that went viral of a cop, a female cop who tried to stop this male officer for really being rough with a uh, with a suspect, and he actually grabbed her around her throat. Mr. Elias, let me give you the last word, the last six seconds we have. Well, Jay, um, I I believe these uh, these cats are going to get time. I I, I believe that uh, even though. Vanessa's, Vanessa's right. This guy was in training. Um, look, he was in training, but still, you you know, human decency had to take over and say, hey, man, you're killing this guy. Get your ass up off of him. Get off of him. Because it, it's wrong to sit there and you watch somebody kill somebody. Now, if I was in a, if I was in a, if I was in a gang and I watched somebody strangle somebody, I would get, I would get, all of us would get the same sentence. So I think all of those guys should get the same sentence. Well, that's uh, fairly put. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Elias says they all need to be kicking rocks and doing what they need to do. All right, well, there you go. All right, it's time for an NPR News update. Uh, then it's time for State Your Case and our final thoughts, and you're only minutes away from on a need-to-know basis. Well, Mr. Jerome Spree, you're listening to the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this, after this final break. To Portugal now, voters there going to the polls in a parliamentary election called two years early. Parliament was dissolved when the minority socialist government failed to secure approval for its budget for this year. The country's president is appealing for people to participate despite record numbers of coronavirus infections, with people who are isolating being asked to wait until the end of the day to vote. Alison Roberts reports from Lisbon. This looks to be a tight race between the two main parties, with the right's share of the vote expected to be larger than in the 2019 election. Socialist Prime Minister Antonio Costa, who first took office six years ago, had asked voters finally to hand his party a majority, but later stressed that he will seek deals with other parties if they don't. Even a grand coalition with the centre-right Social Democrats, led by former Porto Mayor Rui Rio, is seen as possible. There's also a lively competition for third place, with Chega, dismissed by most of its rivals as a far-right populist party, all but certain to significantly increase its share. For NPR News, I'm Alison Roberts in Lisbon. The teams that will play in the Super Bowl are being decided today. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship against the Cincinnati Bengals. The San Francisco 49ers are playing the Los Angeles Rams for the NFC title. The championship games are being played amid questions swirling around Tom Brady following reports that he plans to retire from the NFL. Brady's agent says he understands the speculation that people should wait to hear directly from Tom Brady. I'm Joel Snyder. This is NPR News. Support for NPR and the following message come from Handshake. With over 9 million active students and alumni using Handshake to start their careers, the future of work is here on Handshake. Learn more at joinhandshake.com slash NPR. (laughs) 
right, it is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case and uh, Mr. L to the E to the S, man. You have anything you want to read from the, our world famous chat room this morning, sir? Yeah, I'm looking for Covina's Covina's Covina uh, uh, said Covina says I'm running into an increasing amount of black men who are growing poverty because they're seeing a feminist abortion and LGBT community. Oh wow! That's all. Okay. Covina, man, I don't want to send there. Okay. All right. All right. Pastor Steve, good morning. He says, look, peace and blessings, family. He said, congrats to your church's anniversary and shout out to Bishop Isaiah West, Jr. I've heard him preach. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, this morning's conversation about Oreos was very interesting. Glad that it made the lineup. Like Brother Jerome says, there is something inherently wrong with this issue. Something to think about. Appreciate that. Frankie, Mr. Cusskin himself, he's the one. <laughs> he says, Jay. He says, you contributed a dollar to the Cuss Can this morning. That ties you with Cuss Can regular, Mr. L-E-S, L-O-L. <laughs> yeah, that dude, he cusses all the time. I don't even, I don't know if you use bastard. I don't know if that was a part of it. Anyway, Brian from uh, Florida says, damn, Jerome, tell us how you really feel about Jimmy C. Jimmy C. Oh, James, okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jermaine from NYC, I agree with Mr. L-E-S. Are the people out there who takes advantage of government programs? Absolutely. But let's not the, let, let the wrong of a very few hurt the majority that really and truly needs the help. We need to be smarter. So we have to be smarter than this and be better educated on facts before voicing our opinions. Okay? Uh, and uh, Ruben from, let's see, can I get one more? Ruben from uh, Detroit. Uh, good morning to the serious side. Good morning, Ruben. I stumbled upon your show this morning. Great content and robust conversation. As a black Republican, I can relate to some of the points. Hold on. I can relate to some of the points that were mentioned earlier in the show. Okay. And I mentioned that I heard from Mariana Music. She is still overseas doing her thing. She wanted to say hello to everybody and that she is still listening to the show. So, Mariana, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, you need to come on back, girl, for that passport expires. Bring your tail back to the continental United States of America. I think she's in Australia, but I don't know that for sure. But once I find out, I will let you all know. And on that note, you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. It is time for our final thoughts. And uh, as always, ladies are first. Miss Vanessa Maybell, final thoughts. My final thought is stay warm, stay safe. And my opinion and my views, since I worked in the industry for 10 years, it is knowledge and it is my views. And I'm going to stick with that. And if you don't like that view, then maybe you need to do some more research on how much fraud it is. Thank you. Have a good week. All righty then. Uh, Jackie, final thoughts. <laughs> That's a boy. She got a fist. Did you sleep with your fist balled up last night, woman? My lord. Go ahead, uh, Jackie. Jesus. Great, great show. Always. Um, great, great, great. Thank you all so much. Uh, again, Jay, continue prayers to you and your mom. And anyone who is um, dealing with COVID in some way, Stay for four. Just keep your loved ones 
Thank you so much for the well wishes. Jackie, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spreeman. Final thoughts, sir. Uh, where do I begin? Okay, so I did not say, so for the record, what I think that those officers should get. I am just saying what I think they will get. Two different things. So just so that um, we cut down on Jay's mail this week, you're going to get enough uh, from <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true. I can't wait. Yeah. So, you know, I I still believe that the system does not hold um, people who who um, protect the system. They don't hold them accountable for their wrongdoing. It's kind of how it works. So anyway, that's that's where I am. Everybody have a good week and we will. I will see you again next week. Sounds like a plan. Uh, the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, final thoughts. And he is not here. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. L. Yes. Okay. Oh. All right. You want me to take his uh, again? I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'd like to tell you. I'll take it from the Jerome. Okay. Get uh, uh, your ass out and vote. I just wanted to get in the cuss jar for LES on that one. <laughs> well, there it is. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jerome. Oh, man, you just took the total load. <laughs> it is here. All right. I'm sorry. It is five, My bad. $5.25 uh, is this week's total, running total from the beginning of the year. $0.25 cents per pop. We're at $5.25 in the cuss jar. Thank you, Jerome, for being here. Hey. Today, whoever that was that said, Vanessa, I can expect her to put the money in the jar. I didn't cuss on the air today. I did it over here in the crowd. You did not. You did not. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there you go. You're right about that. Well, anyway, my final thoughts. What? <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are, you know, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to, once again all the well wishes everyone who reached out to us uh, appreciate that I want to say congratulations again to uh, my church on the anniversary today uh, and I just want to say folks take the thing serious you know let's let's not you know pussyfoot around with this I mean this is a real deal do your research do your homework right don't listen to what people say I mean listen we would love for you guys to listen to everything that we say and do everything that we suggest but at the end of the day you got to go get educated on it and make your own decisions up don't listen to anybody. Don't be a follower. Do your research. If you don't trust your research, then go find it from another diff- from a different resource. But don't get pigeonholed into listening to Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. Go do your homework and understand what's happening. Through the grace of God, because of the fact that I was educated enough to get the vaccine and get the boosters, that I feel that I dodged a bullet. And I'll be honest with you. When I got... To be, you know, when when I first got the test and I looked at the test and it said it was positive, I didn't even trip because one, I know I'm covered by the blood, bam, and second, the fact that I went out and did the things I needed to do to make sure that if I do come in contact with this thing, that I am as prepared as I can be. And like we talked about last week, if you don't think that the science is correct. Do yourselves a favor. Help your fellow man. Take your mask off and run mm-hmm. to the nearest COVID unit mm-hmm. and volunteer. Mm-hmm. And take deep breaths yep. while you're in there. Go, you know, just enjoy the air. Take it all yep. in. 
And let's see I, if that I works for you. Go. He oh, should shit. go because he don't believe masculine. He should go. Oh, I believe oh, boy, he should be the first person that go in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Well, and, and, last, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, I hate to leave the cuss can at four twenty-five. I think it should be a nice round figure. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> so I'm gonna say, look, I'm, let me say this. I'm just gonna take twenty-five cents. Let me just say this to all y'all. If you don't like this show, you can kiss my black ass. Metellus, give me one, man. We gotta give it to six dollars. We gotta give it to six dollars.
Hugh Hefner was the biggest pimp in this piece. You said right? the biggest and, pimp. <laughs> Bell, are you, I'm telling you. He was. I am he the was. way he took young girls, you should hear them talk about him. He made them have orgies. Like, he, he went through and invited all his friends over. Like, I don't care how you look at Playboy, Mag- um, Playboy magazine and how it was cleaned up. He used a lot of off-duty officers and detectives at the Playboy Mansion, so they was never getting investigated. He had the whole thing bugged. He had microphones all over the place. He invited oh, wow. journalists so that if you wrote a bad story about him, he was going to out you, too. Right? Oh, wow. He was okay. pimping, like, people up, gangster style. Oh, man. And so, so one of his girlfriends, I think he married her, Holly, I don't know her last name, but she was the main focus on the second part of the show where she was saying she came in there, she was drugged, and they had thousands of pictures of her in compromising positions and blah, 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 so she could not leave. And oh, wow. everyone after that show went off, you know, Hugh Hefner's son, everybody's just taking a shot at my dad, and, and Leon Isaac Kennedy, he's cool people, and Hef's old friends that he grew up with, um, yeah, I think they're taking a shot at him. Hugh Hefner's daughter, in a news story the next day, put out, she saw those pictures and she destroyed them, Holly, don't worry about them. They had thousands in footage of her in some very bad compromising positions that she could never speak bad about half. So I just wanted to put that out there. I don't know. Jay, you have to see that. He was. Oh, I will. Where was it? Where did it come? What channel? It's, it's on the um, A&E Network. Okay. I'm going to check it out. But I watched that with Janet, Jack- Janet Jackson's premiered on Friday, so I watched hers. Janet... Janet's hurt my heart a little bit because, you know, Janet Uh-oh. Jackson died. You know, they showed her in the studio with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and all this other stuff. And hers, her um, show on there was totally different. But I, I, don't, I don't know why I didn't like that. Gosh. Because she went through a lot. But it was, it was really, um, hers, her story was really interesting. So they have another um, show that's coming on, I think, next week. So half's come on on Mondays, though. So they're doing a series on the Playboy, but it comes on on Mondays, and you can probably check it out on your um, on demand or something. But yeah, they really exposed half. So I just want to say because Leon Isaac Kennedy was there, which leads us to this week's movie for the culture. <laughs> this is uh, uh, every week we select a movie so that Jay stays tight with the culture, and you know Whatever, we did the man. Mac. Which ways up? I just whatever, try, man. Herder, we just try, we're helping out the we're helping out the listeners, Jay. It ain't really about you, but we're just saying these with stuff because you've seen a lot. Oh, of I, I appreciate anyway. that. Yes, you I know, appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. So we're just kind of we're just kind of bouncing these bouncing these off you, but our listeners really need to say if if you go, you know that Buster Rhymes or uh, whoever said if if you ain't. You never been in the ghetto? Don't go in the ghetto. Like that whole concept. Yeah. These, yes, sir. These are stuff that we have in us culturally, cultural movies. And I know we yes. said Sonder and TNT Jackson was the one that we was going to say this week because Elias threw yeah. that out last week. But I want, <laughs> I want to bring something up for the young kids. I'll, I'll bring something new and tell 
all black people should watch Black Panther. I would I would say that. You know that that is a good move. I know a lot of white folks watch it. It's pretty haven't, haven't they already? <laughs> haven't, haven't we already yeah. seen? That? I mean, I think no, most no. of us have, right? I'm just saying for the culture, Black Panther, because yes. you need to see a full right. black cast like that, and them not people not being, um, you know, ratchet and all of that other stuff. So Black Panther is a good movie for the younger audience members who are listening. And if we want to cool. go back. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to have that. LES, we're going to excuse the TNT Jackson and say, do you have one for Jay? Uh, no, that's what I had, TNT Jackson. You had TNT Jackson? <laughs> All right. Well, I, yeah. I will give you a I'll give you an old school one. Um busting loose. It's Cicely Tyson, baby. Yeah, I just watched that. Yeah, that's, one, I, that's one of my favorite movies. See, uh huh. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh huh. Yeah. See, okay, see, well, see. Yeah. I, I, I had to throw something out there. I knew. Yeah, that's all right. Jay, Jay, you black. You should probably have a ninety on on all of these. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. See, you know. see, see. This ain't working out the way y'all thought it was gonna work out. See, y- y- y'all just don't know, oh. bro. Yeah. But oh, yeah. But salute. Yes. I, I don't want to give you a hip hop term and tell you I'll dig in the crates now because I would have said Black Belt Jones. But you know I, I saw that too. Oh, I saw that too. I saw that too. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Come again, my Hell brother. Yeah. yeah. This ain't working. This ain't working out for you. It's not working out. What about T.T. Jackson? Mr. Elias, he excused that for you can't be going back. See, y'all just see y'all no, throwing no, he, stuff against the wall. He, he threw that up for this week. We gave you a well, week of homework. Well, but you took it away. But you, but you took it away. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I'm going to have to. I, I'm gonna have to give. I'm gonna have to put that on the extra credit side for Jay. <laughs> Jay did yeah, not be yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you took that off. Yeah. See, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. not working out the way y'all thought it was. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, Jay. So, so Elias, I think he's challenging challenging us. See, Jay. Okay. Jay, Jay do you want us to dig well, in the crates on you? Look, I've already fulfilled my requirement for this week. No, no, no. I've already fulfilled my requirement. Y'all not just going to be throwing stuff at me. You want to do it next week? That's fine. I'm good this week. I'm good this week. Holler at the brother. I watched it this week. I watched it this week. I was like, wow, that was interesting. Watch what this week? That was a good story. I just watched one. It's a black film. Okay. It's called Lead Belly. Have you watched Lead Belly? Oh yeah. Well, like I said, this week's over. This week's over. So don't don't come in here. This week's over. I'm sorry, James. Yeah. I think, I think your show ended about eight minutes ago. I'm yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah, have no yeah, customers over here, and there is no yeah. term limits on what we can ask Jay Rao until Jay Rao gets off this No, no, no. So you're cheating. You're cheating. You said no, no, no. That's not what you said. <laughs> so, so, so you're a man of your word too, Mister Spree. I, I really am. I tried to. <laughs> Thank you. I tried. To, sometimes we slip. So we're gonna there show go. in lead belly as your homework. Yeah. That's what we gonna do. Okay. So we are gonna bring you one, and then we are gonna give you homework. Yeah. That, All right. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Change the rules. Oh, okay. Mine Thank is you, Mr. Google Google Live. I'm not using Google. <laughs> no, bro. That's a lie. I'm not doing that. I'm being authentic. Google Live. I give you real be... answers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, well, y'all brothers so, have a great show. Yeah. Right. Black power for all, right. all my brothers. Yeah. All right. And uh, mm-hmm. and, tr- and again, 
Even though we mentioned Leon Isaac Kennedy again, there's no need to see Penitentiary 1 or 2 because it's going to scare you again. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. told you why. I gave That's my reasons deal, why I don't watch that. No. You married my wife. Yeah, neither no, thank do I. You. <laughs> You'll be surprised at the ones I don't watch. So I'm sure Elliot's going to bring up something. I'm going to be like, I ain't never seen that. But there's a couple that I won't watch. But mine is for totally different reasons, right? Um, really quickly, have you ever watched um, Snowfall? For example, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. seen a few episodes of that. Yeah, I have never watched Snowfall. Yeah, it's hard for me to watch though. It's it's uh it's, yeah. it's rough. It's rough. No, and you mm-hmm. okay, but I can tell you why I don't watch Snowfall. I why you don't watch during Snowfall? That yeah, I live during that time. I'll need to see it. I know there what that go. is. Yeah. Uh, so wow, that's, that that's a different thing. So when when people say mm-hmm. they haven't watched it, it's not because I don't know. I've I've been there. It was like me watching Straight Outta Compton. I was like, oh, I remember that time. <laughs> I remember I remember those days. Like, mm, mm. I mean, and I've seen Straight Outta Compton because that was a, you know, kind of a dramatization of what they were going through. But I remember being in being in Houston when uh, my cousin was like, y'all got NWA up in New York. <laughs> like he pulls out the album was like, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I remember that. Yeah, there are wow. some things I don't watch, and it's not because we're disconnected, but we are doing shows for the culture so that people who need to get a big, well-rounded picture uh, can see what we know, see why we know what we know, right? Sucker. There you go. Find out what show that's from. <laughs> you are the man. All right, fellas, so this all is right. all y'all. I'm out. All right, go. See you next week. See you. Well, stick, stick around, Jay, because I'm sure we're going to bring you up at some point while you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, I, in our first story, you know, um, COVID cases are still falling in the U.S., but the next um, the next threat, um, the virus could be around the corners. What they're saying, there's a BA2 stealth Omicron. They, they're not calling yeah. it a variant yet, but they're saying it's a mutated version. Um, of the strain that has, you know, taken over the world in the last two months. So we have to, it may not be a variant, but it is slightly different, which which mutations are, they're variants, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're saying that that's, that's coming out there. And, you know, I don't, okay, so I know I'm just doing the story, so I shouldn't ask if you ever heard of this. But they're saying that mushroom chewing gum fights COVID. Now, really? I don't know what mushroom chewing gum tastes like. I know spearmint. I even know uh, spearmint, peppermint, juicy fruit, bubblicious. I know all of those, but we didn't have those in the black community of mushroom chewing gum. But they're saying mm. laboratory studies have shown that um, the type of sugar derived from shellfish and mushrooms can interfere with the virus' ability to latch on to healthy cells that cause infections. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, that doesn't mean go eat all the shrimp you can find. <laughs> like, like, don't get some shrimp. <laughs> Just because it's saying that. That's, that's what they're finding. But anyway, I don't know. Have you ever heard of mushroom chewing gum? No, I haven't. Yeah, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even know what that would look like. Yeah. Or, mm. or what mushroom chewing gum would taste like because mushrooms are chewy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really are. know what that means. <laughs> yeah. All right, now, um, the U.S. bald eagle population has dropped 
due to lead poisoning caused by birds eating deer killed by hunters' ammunition, according to a new study. So they're eating the lead, the lead poisoning that the deers are getting from the deer carcasses from being killed. Bald eagles are eating them, eating the dead deer that contaminated with gunshot ammunition, and they're dying of lead poisoning. Mm. Yeah, so they're saying this this led to the the drop of their population for up to six percent. That's kind of a weird thing to study, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's like why why are y'all getting lead poisoning? Now that that's an old nineteen forties movie, right? Filling somebody with lead. <laughs> like that's an old school, that's an old school term. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or unless you go to Slick Rick's um, children's story. You know, full of buffalo <laughs> lead, a honey here's dead. Remember that little, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's like rank for me. All right. So, see, I had to bring it up from the 40s in case, in case the people were listening. All right. So, <laughs> New York, a New York experts are, um, who monitored 2,000 women undergoing fertility treatments say the rates of um, fertilization and pregnancy were the same regardless if they were vaccinated. So if you're taking fertility treatments um, or you're pregnant, they're saying that the people who they monitored, none of them um, the, um, was affected by COVID. And again, I know we're still getting a lot of COVID-resistant people with the vaccine stuff. Yes. But, you know, I have to say the vaccine has saved lives. So the reason Amen. that you're able to half walk around here and go to school is because there are, you know, a hundred million people who are vaccinated. So there you have it. You know, that's why there are people who are walking around here okay and half are not. It's the people who are vaccinated who are still doing well. They're catching colds and all of that good stuff, but they are not getting hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a, okay, this, this story kind of almost scares me. But there's a plant-based salmon um, salmon that is high in omega-3 and proteins, but without the mercury and microplastics is what they're saying, and it's set to hit the market in 2024. So food tech yeah. startup, um, um, Flish, Fish, it's P-L-Ish is what it's, how it's spelled. But they're introducing a plant-based salmon filet um, that's made from 3D printing. And this what? scares me. Yeah. I, I don't think I understand 3D printing enough to tell you that if it does not grow in nature, you probably shouldn't. Oh, I don't want to eat it. Yeah, exactly. Really? So here's where we get like thrown is that a lot of times they're like, Oh, we don't have to label it. I'm like, you need to label anything that you're using 3D printing <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, genetic, uh, you know, you know, genetic um, modifications on. They said label that in our food because our bodies won't process them the same. You talking about mm. the COVID shot? I don't want no salmon. <laughs> like I want no. No. I want no salmon fillet. Not that's, made that's with that why I tilapia, man. I, yeah, that's exactly why I stopped eating tilapia. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep I, I, that is one thing. I once I realized that they were bottom feeders, and then mm-hmm. when they have them in, in farms, all they're doing is eating all the 
stuff from the other fish. I'm like, um, no. So tilapia is, and tilapia is not a, a fish that kind of grew in nature to begin with. I think that's a genetically altered fish as well. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't mess. Mm. Now they're messing up salmon, which I do eat. Out of all the other fish, y'all could mess with. Do something with a starfish. Just saying, somebody else. I'm just ducking our sunfish, whatever, <laughs> whatever one y'all playing with. Now, uh, a vegan and environmental friendly egg white has been created using a fungus, which can provide an alternative to um, intensive chicken farming, is what they're saying. So researchers in Finland have created uh, oval um, bum, bumman, I guess is what it's called, a primary protein in egg whites. Um, out of some species of fungus known to um, it's known to degrade clothing. Now they're using a fun fungus that they use industrially, and they figured out to create new egg whites. It's called uh, <laughs> it's called Trevo, is what it's called. It can become a sustainable re- replacement for chicken egg white protein powder that's widely used ingredients in, in the food industry. Um, so researchers found that it reduces land use requirements in almost 90% uh, greenhouse gases up to 55% compared to chicken egg production. And currently one of the most widely used vegan alternatives to egg whites at home and restaurants is aquafab. Now, I'm fine with that. If you don't know what that is, aquafab is liquid um, leftovers from cooked chickpeas. So they're saying aquafab. Mm. Um, it has to be whipped fiercely for like 20 minutes to get the fluffiness. And um, while the new replacement holds its shape, because it's a doggone fungus. But anyway, it doesn't say that in the news story. But that's what it is. <laughs> but, okay, so, but any vegan knows, if you if you do vegan recipes and like eggs, Aquafab is, get some chickpeas, let it sit in the, in the refrigerator, drain it, use that whip it and make eggs you can have the consistency of egg whites with aquafab i don't know why they need to go through and start messing with fungus stuff again but anyway all right i know we're having a really long food segment i just noticed all right so now eating meat is linked in mass is what scientists are saying so a research team from connecticut and washington say that they found a possible link between eating meat and um in ms which is interesting. Really? Now, yeah. Now, in this area of upstate New York, um, you know, we have a really high concentration of MS. And they're like, oh, we don't know why that is. I don't know either, but we do have an unusually high concentration of MS cases. Don't know what that hmm. is. But they're saying they found a link between that and meat as well. So we'll have to see what that's all about. Now, T-Mobile will fire employees who are not fully vaccinated by April 2nd and those who don't get at least one shot by February um, 21st will be placed on, placed on unplayed leave. So their new policy mm. announcement was on Friday um, from their human resources chief to all staff, and, of course, it hit the paper. <laughs> but you are getting fired from <laughs> T-Mobile if you don't get it or not. Wow. Again... Yeah. I, I'm not mad at them for that, though. 
No. Honestly. Because once you put other people's health at risk, it's not your call anymore. You can either choose not to work here or not, but that whole fighting saying that you have a right to not be vaccinated is putting other people at risk. You know? Mm. It's, it's like coming into life. Yeah, yeah it's, okay, so I'm going to make this really black, but it's like coming in somebody's house when they say take your shoes off. Take them off mm-hmm. or go stay outside. But you don't what? get to make the rules up in somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that 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 was, um, <laughs> I, speaking of like um, sayings and things that black folks do, that is something that black folks do uh, is they make you take your shoes off. Yep, that's not sure. all of them, but yeah, we've all grown up with that. <laughs> we've, oh, yeah. we've all had a friend's house that we've gone to, and it was like, uh, take your shoes off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to take your shoes off, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you hey, go. Hey, don't nobody say nothing. You just make sure next time. Here, hell. You come to my house now, you got to take your shoes off. Mm-mm. Oh, no doubt. I don't know. No doubt. Everybody up north knows this. We, since we, they're slush, and you're not going to be... People have water walk uh, carpet and all of that. You're not tracking your boots through nobody's house. Mm-hmm. I even I even let like um, the power company and stuff. I'm like, y'all you need to use the side door. I won't let them walk through the house either. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. on, that's on a sunny day. I'm like, ah, I'm <laughs> that yeah. way. I don't know where you been. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now um, Toyota is teaming up with a with Japan's space agency to develop a lunar cruiser that would help people living on the surface of the mar of of the moon by 2040. Now again, hmm. they're working with the Japanese space agency, um, JAXA, to produce a, a a vehicle as a part of their ambitious thing to take people to the moon and beyond that to Mars wherever. Now, in our next story, China confirms that it's joining forces with Russia to, bo- to build a base on the moon by 2035. Oh, my now, confirmation of this project came on Friday, where officials from China's National Space Administration, their version of NASA, CNSA, uh, in Beijing, did release a statement. Now, here's the thing. It is funny how this planet is um, habitable. Everything's fine. The most part, you can drink water and all of that good stuff. And they're trashing mm-hmm. He's trying to go to the moon. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. Oh, we're going to spend a lot of money to leave because they don't have no controls of themselves from trashing the planet that they leave, live on. Mm. You know, every time I watch things that talk about, you know, I think it was Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson who yeah. talked about, you know, Mark, when you talk well. about aliens and you know, if aliens was here, how come they don't make contact and all of that? It's like because aliens are looking at you knowing how violent and crazy that you are. They would literally have to kill us if we discover who they are. <laughs> you understand? I don't think people understand it from that perspective. Like, our disposition has nothing to do with our humanity. Just like I was saying earlier on the, on the show that you have people who get mad that somebody, like, get free lunch. And it's like, well, I don't get a free lunch. And it's like, yeah, but mm. they're starving. Like, they don't have money. It's like, I don't care. 
or or Vanessa's point. I'm not just not excited for Vanessa, so don't yell at me next show. But she's like, people throw away masks, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like we really have a pandemic, and so mm. you know the the issue is is that if they are going to other planets, if they're aliens on other planets, they're just gonna flat out kill them. They're like, y'all don't, don't bring that over here. <laughs> like y'all, we've been studying y'all for too long. <laughs> Get up out of here. All right, you know, just just want to throw that out there. Uh, Beijing um, 2022 organizers for their Olympics reported that they have 34 new cases of COVID less than a week before the start of the Winter Games, which is starting next week, including 11 in biosecurity, uh, what they call the closed loop. On the same day, the Chinese capital announced that this highest number of cases, they actually have, they're getting more cases over over there in Beijing. So this is going to be interesting to see them try to pull off the Olympics while we're still in. Somebody's going to be yes. able to see you. Yeah, and I was waiting to see what was, exactly. I was waiting to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be like, oh, we have the last race for the gold medal winner. And the person is going to, the, the person leading is going to have to drop out. So some people are going to mm-hmm. win that otherwise would not have because of so I don't know. I'm not saying that it's fair or not fair, but you know, that's risky to do competition like that with such close quarters. Also, you know, there's a complaint because um, you know, they're bringing in fake snow for base for the Olympics. Yeah. They said it it's, it's it creates an icier, harder skating surface which is more treacherous for takeoff and landing. So, remember it? Wow. The old wide world of sports show that used to come on where that used to always say the yep. agony the yep. agony of defeat. I, I need to see. Yeah. Yeah. That that mm. image popped in my head having a uh, a skater or a skier <laughs> come down that slope too fast. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see this going all sorts of wrong as well. So that seems kinda mm. I don't know. I, I'm surprised the athletes yeah. aren't complaining. But they, they're saying that it's going to create some interesting conditions for them. Well, I don't doubt now, it. Uh, yeah. Now, tech giants um, Google and Facebook could be forced to pay British newspapers for their stories. So under um, under the plans, which were modeled on a system that has been introduced in Australia, all platforms will be encouraged to negotiate payment deals with news organizations. So you know how we huh. they post news on those sites. They're making all this money off of everybody else's content. And so now these, you know, Australia and Britain is like, y'all need to pay for posting people's <laughs> stuff and acting like it's y'all. Really? That's pretty much going. Now, an engineer, an engineer who, in, who invented, like, data tracking um, web cookies, you know how there's in your browser you have what's called a cookie, and you can... Disa- right. You can enable them or disable them. Well, the guy who created that um, in 1994 said that they were meant to protect privacy, not act as a, a tool for spying by large tech firms. So he's California-based engineer, entrepreneur. Um, he created the technology for the browsing firm Netscape. And I know there's a lot of people who not not born before 1994, unfortunately. Was that 20 years ago? 
is that, um, oh, good Lord, almost 30 years ago. But he said that um, he created, well, Netscape was like a main browser before, you know, it was Netscape Internet Explorer. I think Internet Explorer, Netscape was before Internet Explorer, I think. But anyway, the Internet is new in that comparison. It's not even 30 years old. But, um, yeah, they're saying that these cookies that they're using to track people was made to protect privacy. You know, the odd thing about that, yeah, the odd thing about that, most things were created to help humanity that's been turned to use against you. Hmm. So when somebody says, hey, we have these chips that can monitor your heart rate so that, you know, if you had a heart attack, it'll, you know, help you out. Well, they're using those trackers to monitor your health to see where you are so that they can hire you if you have, uh, you know, arrhythmias or something, right? They start using that stuff against you. So you create stuff genuinely to help out humanity, and it ends up turning out being used against you. That, I mm. think that's the moral of that that's, story. Yeah, because those, those cookies, man, I I, I, I need to disable them because at my computer at my job, man, hell, if I, if I, if I type something in on my phone, Hell, it follows my computer. I'm like, damn, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, because Google, the way Google and um, Facebook work is that when you go on their site, you're enabling cookies to actually track you even when you're not on their site anymore. So then they can tell the other sites. So the next time you sign back on, it pulls in all of that data from those other sites into there. Most people don't know that your Internet browser saves data so it saves it like your credit card information all of that stuff is saved inside of your browser so it's in a dll what's called the dll inside of your browser settings and it, you can't see it but it's tracking that data and they put that stuff in there very intentionally so google and mm. facebook guys utilize it so again my suggestion is to go to startpage.com and, or ixquick.com. And that those were developed by the um, Internet, their Tor browsers. I'm sorry, developed by the military. The Navy actually did that. And it's private. So you can now put extensions into um, Chrome or Firefox and all of those things to stop your tracking. Or if okay. you tell you're being tracked. So you get to turn off the cookies in your browsers so that when you go to websites, it treats you like a new customer opposed to targeted ads and all of the other stuff. But start page actually allows you to do that um, right now. I always, I, and that's who I use. And I think most people don't think of this as going on a dark web. Just think of it as protecting your own data when you are logging on to something else. So it's called TOR browser. If you want to get a Tor browser, or uh, it's, uh, it's the, the onion router is what Tor stands for, but it's how you route private um, information. And and we're not talking about the dark web. I'm not going to go through all of that today. <laughs> but, but, yeah, if you don't want tracking, use StartPage. It's developed, developed wow. by the government, and it's a not-for-profit still. It's not a government pipe, but it, it is really um, how you can have some kind of privacy on the Internet. What were you gonna say? No, it's just I, 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 you know, I didn't know all that, man. Because 
you know, it's it just to me, man. I, I need I need that privacy, man. Because anything I type in there, it follows me. And then I mean, a guy I sit next to, and, and what he's like, man, it, it's crazy when we type in something, it follows you. And I was like, yep, yeah, mm. yeah. You know, I had a funny story. I was at a friend's house, and he and his wife, we were sitting around talking, and he was talking about something, and he looked at his phone. And his phone suggestion was about something that we were talking about. Like when he went really? into mm-hmm. And he said, I got to remember to keep turning this thing off. Because Alexa and all of those things do not turn off, even when you tell them, turn off. It's still listening. Mm. Right? So, wow. Yeah. So some of that stuff, and Google does the same thing. Never leave your mic on That's with right. Google. That's why I, nah, I want no parts of Google, man. I want, I, don't, I you know, I, I see some people with that in their house. Google, turn on this or Google, do this. And man, they think I don't want no parts of it. I can be lazy mm. and be like, you know, Alexa or, you know, Siri turned this. Like, you could do that, and they think that it's showing them being high tech. But what that is, what it's doing, it's just gathering data and setting a profile for you. So some people like mm. that, they're like, now – the AI or that that software knows what my preferences are. I'm thinking, in the bigger picture, you're not going to like that when the preferences profile your butt and messes with your credit, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's what those profi- mm. profiles are for a reason. It's targeted. Mm. So they're trying to target you for something. So those who like it or love it, fine on them. But I would say get out the matrix. That's not necessary. Now, um, they said just in just six in ten black Americans, this is polling, said that they approve of Biden and Biden. That's down from six from nine in ten six months ago, according to the AP poll. So Joe Biden seen his support among black voters, um, you know, plummet in the year of his presidency. But it but it's going down across the board. So here's what I say to that is that do not believe this polling. And once the administration gets out and start marketing what they've done, then you'll see those stuff change. But all we did was hear people complain about the administration for the whole year that he was there. And he's only been there a year. So now he gets to tell you they get to define what they've been doing. So I think when that comes out and you find out that he's, he appointed like – 42 federal judges, the most of anybody, yeah. and um, most of them were um, women and black mm-hmm. black folks, in particular black women. Um, you'll see that that kind of countering the conservative, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The conservative, um, unqualified judges that Trump put in there, because he put a lot yeah. of unqualified people in. Oh, you know, I know I that. Yeah, I had a conversation with an attorney, I think this was two years ago, where she was saying, and she worked for New York State Senate, she was an attorney representative, and she said, you cannot be a judge unless you're an attorney, like, unless you come up through the ranks. And I kept telling her, no, you need to go check that. I've done a ton of judge races. I said, you don't have to. And it depends. If you're on the appeals court, you need to know law. But if you're not... You can be in a judge. You can be a judge in many different areas that you are appointed to, and that was the greatness of 
what the founding fathers of the country understood is that if you just put elite people in certain spots, you're just going to have corruption, right? Mm-hmm. And you, there are people you who you vote for. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there, that's why you can run as a, as a citizen to run to be a judge and not be a judge. I mean, not be an attorney. Mm-hmm. Because people, most people don't know how that works. And what happens is the reason that people go to jail so much under public defenders and I wish Kathleen, Kathleen might be listening. Hey, Kathleen, Kathleen out there. But, you know, she and I have had this conversation before that, um, you know, what happens is that people who have public defenders normally lose, or not since they normally lose, they lose a lot because when you're young as an attorney, you don't realize how judges rule and how that works is they can only, they can't refer to past law knowledge for themselves only consider their cases based up on the cases that your attorney cites. So if the prosecution cites three cases and the defense cites three cases, they the clerk pulls those three cases, the judge looks at only those three cases and then or six cases, the prosecution and defense, and says, Oh, this one makes sense. I'm gonna rule in their favor. So judges really? don't say yeah. So if you ever watch, you know, go to court and watch court, you'll see somebody go to court and the judge will let somebody off and then or will convict somebody of something or sentence them or have them pay a fine. And the next person will come up and they'll let them off for the exact same thing is because the reason why you did that is more important than the fact that you did it. Hmm. Right. So you wow. have to be able to say why this happened. You're like, oh, I ran the stoplight because if I didn't run it, I would have hit this baby that was, I'd need to speed up to get past them. And they'll go, okay, we'll let you go. But if you ran a stoplight mm-hmm. because you was in a hurry to watch the game, you're going to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So it, it, your, your reason is, so the way that works is that, you know, I know, and New York State has changed, but it used to be three-week judge school, but you go to judge school for five weeks. And they teach you how to rule on cases. So you have to have, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You have to have at least a college degree? No. What? No. Did you go to train? It's training. Wow. Judge school is training. It's, it's exactly what I just told you. That when you are, you are taught to, when somebody sits up in front of you and say, you know, Jay and Vanessa came up in front of me. Jay attorney will cite three cases and say here's why here's why Jay didn't pay Vanessa for the last um, 20 years of shows on Jay Rao and Vanessa's <laughs> attorney will say this is why my client needs to be paid and they'll cite cases you know Gibson versus you know Turner this versus ABC and say that even though I'm a contributor that Jay started making too much money off of the shows in that we're like, like you can cite cases, and if those cases make sense to a judge, it will they'll rule in your favor. But so they you won't. can become a judge and have a high school diploma. As long you don't as you have to have a high school, school diploma. Wow. You have to win an election. Okay. No, you have to win an election. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the qualifications so the process, are you got to go to this judge school for like six weeks. Yeah, in New York State, I think it's five now. 
But yeah, wow. it used to be three. When I first started doing races, it used to be three weeks. And um, and I've I've done a lot of judge races, by the way. But they all were attorneys. And the reason that they're all attorneys is because they get endorsements from the bar association or um, to raise money. It's a certain network of people. Attorneys, when they retire, want to become judges. So it becomes that. But, you know, judges are held to a different stat, stat, um, stature. I, I know in New York State it is. Whereas if you run against another person who's running for judge, you cannot say anything personal about that person. Because they're supposed to live above, above the fray. So that's unethical. Okay. And they, they won't do that. So if they... You came out and you just had a high school diploma. Your, your opponent can't say, he got a high school diploma. Because you have to only talk about your own credentials and qualifications and not your opponent's. So that's why when you see mm. judge commercials on TV, they, you know, here's my wife and kids. And I've been with the Bar Association for 20 years. You can only talk about yourself. You cannot talk about your opponent in judge mm. races. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so... People, what happens is that the people who are voting require that you have some type of education, though. I don't think if you tell them, you couldn't tell them, hey, I wasn't even educated. Like, you're not going to win. <laughs> so you can't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not, it's not a requirement. Is that, That's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, being mayor or, or county exec or apparently president. You don't have to be in politics. Like, you don't have to have any qualifications. Yeah, obviously not. Mm. Exactly. You have to have qualifications for Senate, right? You have to be over a certain age. Like, there are some jobs that you can't have, but there are some jobs that you can. And most of the executive jobs of running stuff, you do not have to have qualifications for them. Your qualifications are what the people determine qualifies you. Mm. So being a leader is you being smart enough to, you know, select people who actually have qualifications, even though you don't have them. Your counsel needs to be good. Anyway, so, yeah, I've done a lot of races, so people have come to me with that and said, hey, how, wow. do, I, how do I get around this, or how do I expose my opponent for not having that? And um, the truth is, is that you, in, some, in certain cases, and I can name people who are like mayors with high school diplomas, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Yep. Hmm. I, you know, my worst case was this woman who I knew sat on a school board who I know she was an alcoholic. I've been to a lot of fundraisers, and all she was was at the bar drunk. And I was like, dang, that woman. And, you, and she was there for a long time, and she was a really stoned really? alcoholic. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, hmm. no, as long as the people vote you in, there's a lot of those um, positions. And... Actually, I have a running joke, and I would give some hints to who this person was, but if you're listening to the show and you live in the area that that person is in, you will know who I'm talking about, so I won't say it. But there was a running joke that um, the person said to me, um, hey, I don't even have any qualifications to be here. <laughs> and we, we both laughed because <laughs> I know that they didn't. I did their first – I did a lot of their races. And I was like, yeah, I know. Mm. It, it just – it's it's an illusion that your politicians actually are smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have good counsel. Mm. Is all I'm saying. Mm. So when when we look at when you know Vanessa, you know we had a conversation about Vanessa who um, 
who says that about politics and looking at it from a certain perspective. That's true. Her perspective is valid. But on the other side of that perspective, how what you think those guys are is not true. So you think Mitch McConnell mm. is like, you know, some upright or do he believe what he believes? I believe that Mitch McConnell found out that the whole system was a joke and he knows that nobody can beat him. So he does whatever he wants. And then when right. he comes back out, he holds you accountable to things that he don't hold himself accountable for. Yep. Like you the, know? like the, uh, like the, uh, the, the 10 month rule that Obama couldn't elect the, the uh, uh, Supreme yeah. Court just yeah. we should let the people in 30 decide. days. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should let the people. He he made an excuse to hold out just long enough, just to get done what he wanted to get done, and people mm-hmm. won't call them on it. It's like it's like when you when you call white folks racist, they really will tune out on you. But like, all all mm-hmm. white people aren't racist. Like that's what their biggest fear of, opposed to being righteous or being or having any kind of justice. They don't really care about that so mm-hmm. much. They care about the name-calling part of, of that, where they can call you names and be fine. So mm-hmm. whenever I hear since George Floyd, people were shocked and awed. And the truth is, is why are you shocked? And it's because you don't pay attention to anything that exactly. doesn't or any situation that doesn't, you know, look like you're interested. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, former New York State Assemblyman Sheldon Silver, who was there for years, at, he, uh, he passed away of cancer in federal prison while serving time for a $4 million fraud. Now, Sheldon Silver in New York State was once uh, the very powerful Democrat in New Manhattan, and he ran the legislature for New York State. And um, they caught him on a $4 million fraud and sent him to jail. So they do send... Mm old folks in jail every now and then but not really uh but he died of cancer 77 mm. um yeah he and he served for, for accepting bribes so can you imagine the trump stuff and why letitia james in new york state is still going after them um if mm-hmm. they cut and, and the people in dc should be going over them for bribes and stuff you know ivanka working for the federal government getting like 21 patents in China while they're negotiating um, sanctions on China. There's hmm. something not just unethical about that, but you don't know what kind of backdoor deals that they were cutting. So I'm sure China hmm. will blow her out of the water at some point. And we'll, we'll be shocked like we are with Hugh Hefner. Oh my gosh, he was drugging with hmm. <laughs> you? Know? Yeah. Hugh Hefner was something else, though. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hmm. the, the the girl who was on the show was saying since she was underage, Hefner wanted to act like he didn't know that she was sleeping with his wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And he tried to sleep with her. That was <laughs> Anyway, watch you, Hefner's yeah. uh, Playboy saga on A&E on Mondays, I think. Yeah. But it's A&E, so they'll repeat, they're going to repeat it all week, <laughs> just like they're going to oh, do God, with the yeah. Stanley Texas stuff. Now, yeah. Well, yeah, former NBA star John Stockton has his season tickets at his alma mater, Gonzaga University, uh, revoked over his refusal to wear a mask. <laughs> so John Stockton was like, okay, I'm a season ticket holder. Um, I, I, I want to go to games, but he don't want to wear a mask. 
again, stay home and watch on TV. Mm, you know, that's so, true. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it was interesting. I saw um, Giannis and his brother was, um, I went to the Carrier Dome, um, uh, had some tickets and went to um, the game, and he was actually there. And he has a game today. And he was he had a game I think yesterday, and they were there. Everybody in the dome had to wear masks, and uh, people were walking around saying, "Hey, put your mask on," you know, like to other people who weren't there. People were fine. I think after you kick enough people out of an arena for not wearing masks, I think everybody else gets the message. You can't have your mask down unless you're eating or drinking, and if you have your mask down too long. Uh, people will come and tell you put your mask on. So anyway, exactly. I, I want to say he. I, I say that to say that even um, you know those guys as the NBA's MVP. You know he came into another arena. He has games to play, so he has to still be safe. He put his mask on, and and um, you know you watch how they're still handling that so much in sports arenas. But put your mask on. I can't believe that. You know. John Stockton, or not just him, but any person who plays in sports won't adhere to it, or who used to play. Really? There are rules yeah, really. that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of that, I, um, so Tom Brady could miss out on $15 million of his $20 million signing bonus if he, if he announces his retirement before February 4th. Now, they said, mm-hmm. should he stay through that date, Sports Track is reporting that Brady, Brady um, his entire salary would be guaranteed, but voided if he decides to retire. So Brady had initially signed a two-year contract with Tampa Bay Buccaneers worth $50 million when he first joined the team for free agency that began um, in 2020 season after his contract with the New England Patriots expired. So it, it expired. He signed his contract, but there's a guarantee in there that if he does not stay before, um, if he retires before February 4th, he will miss out on 15 of that $20 million. So That's all he got to do has, is just say, February yeah. 5th, I'm retiring, and he'll yep. get his money. That's the way. Yeah, that's no, all yeah, I, I, I wait to. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm late. Mm-hmm. The stories that they're shooting down now is Tom Brady said he's thinking about it and he hasn't come to that decision yet. And mm-hmm. rightfully so, he's going to miss out on 15 mil. That's, that's mm-hmm. what are we talking, um, a week? Like, yeah. you think yeah. I'm going to miss out on 15 million because I couldn't keep my mouth shut for a week? Mm-hmm. Get that's that. right there. So yeah, that, that's yeah. what they got reports to say and reports to say and nobody's actually saying Right, mm. right. Because he could have told some people, I'm going to retire, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But he won't officially, you know, uh, announce his retirement because he's going to miss out on that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Now, okay. Um, now, scientists have discovered uh, 11 chemicals in common plastic that contribute to weight gain. This is researchers from the from uh, Norwegian University of Science and Technology. They looked at 34 different plastic projects, products to see which chemi- chemicals they contain, and they found that those chemicals are adding in, in your food, in plastic, to your weight gain, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm. 
Like, how does that happen? Mm. Now, um, also, you know, I, I missed this part because I wanted to say this about the Janet Jackson thing. There's a story. I don't know. The, well, I guess they're they're quoting Janet. But they're saying that Janet Jackson saying that she ha- she doesn't hold any ill will towards Justin Timberlake anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they kind of made up and they're okay. I want to say this yeah. for the record. I didn't make up with damn Justin Timberlake. <laughs> he can kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Because you could tell when she left the stage, she was crying. Like, what, yeah. what the hell was that about? Yeah. You know? and that, Come on, dude. Yeah, and that guy left Moonves, or whoever his name is, for CBS, blacklisted mm-hmm. her for years because of that. Yeah. It's, matter of yeah. fact, the Super Bowl halftime show is done by um, Dr. Dre, right? Mary J, yeah. Eminem, um, nope. who else is here? Snoop and, nope. and um, yeah. Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah. If I was Dre, yeah. I would bring Janet Jackson on. Janet, yep. there's no way Janet should be banned from the doggone Super Bowl. She shouldn't be banned mm-hmm. from nothing. Oh, exactly. So Dude, I am kind of really, just... Go ahead. You, you know what really got me is when Jermaine Dupree, when they did the interview with him, I, I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> too bright. He said, have you watched the second one yet? No, oh, no, dude, I didn't see the second one. Oh, dude, wait till you see it when he says, the problem with dating Janet Jackson was a lot of women were coming after me. And I couldn't resist. I'm like, dude, you got the ultimate girl here. You got you got Janet and oh. Jackson if you're nasty. And you said some wrong come after you and you go with that? Come on, bro. You That's the story you're sticking with. That. Yeah. The problem with dating Janet is that, you know, a lot of women was coming after me. I never had that before. <laughs> I was like, you sound stupid, man. You sound right. Stupid. He's, a, he's a millionaire in the in the stripper capital of the United States, right? Exactly. So, and if I if I said this wrong, the black stripper capital of the United States, forget Vegas <laughs> and all of them. Atlanta yeah. is the is the home of uh of, mm-hmm. of <laughs> Magic I don't even know how, what to call Blue it. Blue flame. You know what I'm saying? I've been to, I've been to a couple of places. You know, in my younger days, I've been there. You know, you know what? They roll up and they roll up in benches and stuff, man. So yeah, right. Come on, it's, man. It's the place where you where you are balling out your money. Anybody will get yeah. with you. Okay, and and I don't know. I can't. I don't know what the ratio is in Atlanta now, but it was, oh. at some point it was like. Nine to one, male to female. Trust me, I know. I spent I spent four months there working. <laughs> hey, and, and I think, I the woman was like, "You're not from here, are you?" I was like, "No, I'm not." Why? She said, "I could tell." I'm like, oh, "Yeah, okay. I could tell." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when your head keeps turning, you're like, "What the? What the? What the? What the? Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When you're to your comments to Jay because we we really don't want to hear this. <laughs> so, but but for him to say that that was pretty dumb. Like either yeah, he said that man. I was like, huh? Dude, you got right. to meet a Joe, man. Ooh. 
Oh right. my God! Have you seen the body on her and on her face? Oh, she was it, man. And Back then, like, Janet mm-hmm. Jackson was the top. Matter of fact, I understand. He should understand uh, Jay Z right now. Because mm-hmm. when when yep. Jay Z wrote that song, said I got the baddest chick in the game wearing my chain. Jay Z mm-hmm. understood that even though he started cheating on her, he was like, "What are you doing?" He woke yep. up. He was yep. like. Hey, who am I chasing? If this girl right. is my wife, who am I chasing? Dude, yeah. and Janet, Janet said in the, in, the, in the interview, she said, I love Jermaine, and I want to have as many kids as he want to have. I shouldn't say that, but I want to have. I'm like, oh, my God, she was definitely in love with you, dummy. Yeah. And you yeah. blew that? For some, some, oh, my God. Man. Just I was, because somebody I, was I paying, you t- paying some attention to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the role of Jermaine Dupree, but and then Janet came out and said, Well, he's married to his work and he's a workaholic. I'd have been like, Hey, look, baby girl, I'm carving out some time to do my work. I know you got your tours, so when you go on tours when I'm gonna do my work. And if you need me, call me, I'll be there. Wait a minute, I got I have a better skit for you. I have a bet I have a better skit for you. Remember Dave Chappelle when he, he said if Oprah got pregnant with his baby what he would be doing? <laughs> Can I get a happy ending? <laughs> He'd be like, look. He was like, he was like, hey, Oprah, hey, girl. How you doing? I'm just getting this massage. Like, he was just, he literally was like, I quit my job. Just walk off. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Right? With oh, Janet Jackson, it, again, this is why I probably didn't, I felt like that when I was watching that show. I grew up Janet Jackson, the height of Janet Jackson. So, you know, all of that trauma she went through, none of us, you know, he, she was literally who all these girls wanted to be. When they, You know, going to clubs and stuff, they had, she had the world shook. You think they, you think they wanted to be like Madonna, Janet Jackson was the person that they were mm-hmm. taking. Again, yeah, Friday, remember, um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember her name, said, uh, Neil Long. No, no. Who was the the actress who said to Smokey, um, "I'm thick," and that people say I look like Janet Jackson? And he was like, Whoa. "Oh, that was your vet, your vet, yeah, vet Wilson, 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 yep." That, that's why these mm-hmm. are jokes to the black community because we knew what Janet mm-hmm. Jackson meant to the community. It's like, "Oh, you look like Janet Jackson." What did Ice Cube say? <laughs> You lucky. <laughs> that was his line. <laughs> yeah. So Jermaine, uh, you lucky we don't have a, uh, an idiot button down here because you would definitely get it today. Ooh, you ain't lying, brother. <laughs> All right. So so uh, yeah. So, all right. So we'll we'll get with you next week. All right, brother. All right. <laughs> hey, peace. Later. Later.